0: up everybody welcome back to the rest of season rankings fantasy football podcast and yes you heard that right i said fantasy football not baseball Uh, my co-host bart wheeler is with me and we are taking a little break from fantasy baseball because you may have noticed that the nfl draft went down last week and if you play in a dynasty fantasy football league like bart and i do your rookie draft could already be underway ours is already underway and we have a lot to talk about, so we are, have a busy schedule today, Bart. We're going to go through team by team looking at their draft picks, uh, how it affects the existing players on those teams, and then at the end we're even going to do a little uh, recap of our own rookie draft just to give people a sense of when players are coming off the board.
1: Well, before we get to it, I mean, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting here, Andrew. We were talking about this before we recorded it's on you to make a pick in our draft. Uh, you know we're in the middle of the fourth round here. I've already made like five picks, but you traded a lot of your top picks to make a to make a run at it. You know I traded you the two dot one for Kelsey. I think you traded for Dalvin Cook. So you've got a nice roster there, um, but you're finally re- uh, ready to make a draft pick. So who are you taking?
0: Yeah, it's so funny. Like you know if you if you've already made five picks, a fourth round pick probably feels like hot garbage to you. But for me, it's like. <laughs> my precious treasure I, you know my precious <laughs> yeah because yeah. I have uh, I, I believe I'm the only person in our league who has not made a draft pick so far so uh, I, I am so. I am pretty excited about it and uh, I will cherish you know one thing I do is I'm always uh, the guy that's uh, picking up other people's trash, turning it into treasure. <laughs> so th- uh, this is a player that no one has drafted yet but I'm excited to pick and that is the Los Angeles Rams fifth round pick. Puka Nakua. Oh, right. And he is on my team now. I, you know, I feel like he is a player uh, who, you know, we're starting real deep here, but he's a player that I think could step right into that Robert Woods uh, role with the Rams, and uh, that could mean he could start right away because we saw Ben Scowernick start for this team last year, and uh, that's not something I expect to see for very long with, with Puka yeah. Nakua. I mean, he's not like amazing athletically, but he plays a really smart game. Like he has a great feel for the game, uh, knows how to uh, get open. And he actually had some, some breakaway burst uh, speed. I noticed in watching his tape as well. So uh, I just feel like, you know, it's fourth round. We're taking wild shots in the dark, but he's a guy I feel like could actually uh, work his way into flex value, potentially even in year one
1: nice well when you started getting into it I was like you're talking about other people's trash I thought you were gonna like take a veteran no <laughs> I, thought, I mean no I way. did consider
0: that because it's far enough into the draft that would be really anticlimactic if I uh <laughs> if I made my pick on air and it wasn't even a rookie
1: <laughs> yeah I know right well um where do we want to start here let's we we're gonna go division by division team by team I think we said we we're gonna start in the AFC East so uh you want to get
0: going with uh the bills yeah let's do it and we're gonna talk about the picks here and the play you know uh we're gonna Uh, evaluate the players but we're also going to talk about the team's team context and how it affects the the veterans that are already on those teams so we'll start with the bills and uh they spent their first round pick on dalton kincaid uh who i think many people had as their top tight end on the board Uh, he was the first tight end taken in the draft and uh i mean this is you couldn't ask for a better landing spot right i mean uh the bills are a powerhouse offense and um you know, the thing is, like, Dawson Knox is not that special. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he was a third-round pick back in 2019, and he's, ha- he's popped up for some big games just because he's in this offense. But uh, the fact they, that they spent first-round draft capital on Kincaid, it seems like he's going to take over from Dawson Knox uh, on day one, essentially.
1: Yeah, I would think so, too. Um, Knox, you know, he— I feel like he, he scored a lot of touchdowns. Uh, I I even I didn't mention this before we got started, but like I've even updated uh, my rankings. Uh, you know for redraft, and I don't do dynasty rankings, but I started doing that here, and I I moved I moved uh, Dawson Knox way down to like my tight end twenty, and I might even go even further. So like for redraft purposes, uh, for dynasty purposes, like Dawson Knox takes the biggest hit here with Kincaid coming for sure,
0: like you said. Yeah, so it sounds like you would draft Kincaid over Dawson Knox in redraft.
1: Yeah, I think in redraft it's close because I mean, like for year one, I mean tight ends do have a hard time, you know, adjusting. So like, I could see them both being sort of like tight end twenty to twenty five. I think it, for redraft purposes, especially for most people, like it's a onesie position. Like, I probably am not going to draft either Bill to be honest in redrafts. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's um, tight end is just not you. You like having a sure thing in a twelve standard ten or twelve team lead yeah. in redraft, but. Uh, I would be very excited to draft Dalton Kincaid uh, in dynasty and we'll talk about where he went in our own rookie draft uh, at the end of the show um, so other picks by the bills they uh, they bolstered the offensive line some um, and uh, and uh, made made some picks uh in in on defense cornerback a linebacker but uh, the other fantasy relevant potentially pick and again this is more for a deeper dynasty context they did draft Justin shorter in uh, in the fifth round, a wide receiver, uh, really (laughs) huge, huge guy, uh, physical presence. Um, he's not a player that's getting a lot of hype, but, uh, you promised me you wouldn't trade up, uh, ahead of me. (laughs) Um, so he's a guy I may be taking, uh, with my next pick at five, one, because, uh, he really is in that Gabe Davis mold. I mean, they're they're very similar yeah. players to me because they're, they're freaks of nature athletically, but inconsistent performers. Um, so I, I could see a scenario. I mean, Gabe Davis himself was only a fourth-round pick, so I could see a scenario where Justin Shorter um, replaces Gabe Davis at some point down the line. And uh, just like we were kind of talking about with Dalton Kincaid, like anyone in this offense is interesting just because of Josh Allen. For sure.
1: And a little bit of a misnomer here. His name is shorter and he's 6'4". Like you said, he's a big guy. And yeah, Gabe Davis, when you look, start looking at contracts, like Diggs is pretty locked in there. Um, and then they have the second year guy, Khalil Shakir, who's going to kind of step into the slot role uh, there with, uh, you know, Jameson Crowder gone. And of course, Colby is long gone. So yeah, I think it, it's it's a nice like dynasty pick. It might not pay off like year one, but next year maybe, or, you know, year after like if, if Gabe Davis is gone, he could he could fill that role. So, yeah, I like it. And, no, I won't I won't steal it from you. I, I've already gotten, like, three wide receivers, so I'm good there. <laughs> okay.
0: Fair enough. I know you and I had talked about a Gabe Davis trade a couple times uh, in the past. So uh, I think yeah. I had mentioned to you I was a little um, less in, excited to trade for him now than I was in season last year because uh, I felt like he was in, in, a, in a great situation last year. I just don't know how long he'll be in that situation. I feel like he needs to – have more consistency in his game if he wants to beat that that main wide receiver opposite Stephon Diggs for the long term. Yep, for sure. Uh, now, at running back here with Buffalo, real quick, they did not draft a running back. So that seems to be good news for James Cook. Uh, they did pick up Damian Harris, of course, in free agency. And then they, uh, I believe shortly before the draft, also added Latavius Murray, who surprisingly showed some juice in his legs last season. So... Um, it seems like they've got plenty of of, of horses in the stable and in, in the backfield there. Um, you know, I feel like some people are getting pretty uh, gung-ho about James Cook, thinking maybe he's going to, um, you know, be a clear lead back here. I, I don't know. I still feel like Damian Harris could be pretty involved on the early downs, and, and Cook um, will be more of that pass catching back. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I love James Cook before free agency, and then when Damian Harris was added – that really threw a wet blanket on it for me because Harris is still, I mean, you know, he's a solid player, you know, and like the Patriots love to use all sorts of different backs and utilize them a certain way. I think he could sort of be a little bit more of a hammer there, and yeah, Cook will be catching the passes. Latavius Murray is someone who may be rostered in leagues at some point in time during the 2023 season, but yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm a little less excited for James Cook. I think I got really excited about him. Like I said, before free agency, I moved him way up, and then I've kind of backed off a little bit. But I still see James Cook as sort of like a uh, middle-to-low-end RB2 for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I drafted him in our Dynasty League initially, and I had some hope that he could be a between-the-tackles runner as well. But it just seems like the Bills have never never really envisioned him that way. I mean, they, they said when they drafted him that, that they got him for a niche role as a pass catcher. And then uh, the fact that they immediately replaced Devin Singletary with Damian Harris— suggests once again that they're not looking at him as an every down back but that doesn't mean he can't be useful in fantasy right right uh, so moving on to the next team the miami dolphins um now this is a team that there's not really a ton to talk about other than of course at running back where they drafted Devin a chain in the third mm-hmm. round uh you know they brought back Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson who were both very effective last season when healthy uh which is kind of the story for those two guys i mean it's it's San Francisco uh east you know or south or whatever <laughs> yeah. it may be but <laughs> um you know those guys have been very uh productive in that offense um but A-Chain of course brings another dynamic um just uh Although, you know, Mostert is an incredibly fast runner as well, but A-Chain's just got an amazing speed. Uh, what do you expect from him?
1: Yeah, I think uh, when you look at those those two veterans, they did bring them both back on two-year contracts, so, like, they're not going anywhere for this year. I, I could see them getting out of maybe one of those for next year. Um chain is a little bit of a small guy, but he's super fast, and yeah, can, you know, should be able, like you said, it's, it's the 49ers east or south, and so that zone blocking scheme, he can, he should be able to find some holes, uh, similar to how Mostert does. Like they've, they've got speed. I think he'll be involved, uh, as a rookie. I think he will really start maybe paying dividends next year. If someone like Mostert, you know, he'll be like 32, you know, maybe he gets aged out and gets cut or something. So I, that's where I could really see it. Like for dynasty, I think he's a really good pick and, you know, he's a guy who was, you know, like a pretty locked in like second rounder and then has moved up. I think he even went toward the end of the first and hour. So yeah, he's, He's moving up quite a bit um, based on the landing spot. One of the best landing spots, I'd say, uh, for any running back.
0: Yeah, I do love the landing spot. I have some questions about the player, though. Um, He's 5'9", 188. Um, We don't see a lot of players that size handle huge workloads in the NFL. Um, You know, the comp that you hear about with Devin A. Chain is Chris Johnson. So that's kind of the ceiling, which is a pretty good ceiling considering he had a 2,000-yard rushing season. Uh, and I, you know, I know Mike McDaniel is going to put him in really, uh, favorable situations to succeed. I just don't know if, um, he's going to get enough touches to be like that consistent every week, uh, start fantasy starter, or if he's going to be more of like a boom or bust kind of a player, you know, I, to me, that's the yeah. thing I'm curious about. Cause I, I guarantee he's going to break a few long touchdowns during the season, um, but the question is, is he going to get enough touches week in and week out, especially in year one? Uh, like you said, if you know once Mostert gets hurt or, or or traded or released or whatever the case may be, then then you might have a different situation. But um, I, I I just I wonder about the consistency with a player of his stature.
1: Yeah, the other person who the Dolphins drafted here, Elijah Higgins. Uh, there were a couple of receiver receivers in this draft out of Stanford. Uh, he's six three, two thirty five. I'm looking at our lads. Uh, at their depth chart and they're actually listing him as a tight end so you know it's it'll be interesting to see where he slots in tight end was a position that I looked at with Mike Kosicki gone that I thought well if they did draft a tight end it could be interesting but again even Mike Kosicki didn't really do anything for fantasy in Mike McDaniel's offense so like this is not something that I'm really looking at but if it is a if it is someone who develops as a tight end it could be somewhat interesting for the deepest of leagues
0: yeah he's re- he's really a deep pick he probably won't even get drafted in in our five round rookie draft but I'll definitely yeah, need i wouldn't to think so. file away just because it's the dolphins you know this team <laughs> is just a very well run offense that gets the most out of their players so um you know it's interesting that they didn't draft um any other uh wide receivers um so you know the the third wide receiver spot there uh is probably also going to be something to watch because they don't really have uh, a lot. Uh, there unless uh unless you are really big on uh Cedric Wilson or think that <laughs> Robbie Anderson is the chosen one <laughs> I, I am not and
1: you know they only had four picks so that's we got to cut them a little bit of slack here you know they couldn't pick every every they couldn't I mean some teams have like 10-12 picks but the Dolphins they had that forfeited first rounder and they just they didn't ha- like you in our Dynasty League, they just they don't have a lot of picks, Andrew.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, that's a sign of a good team. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the Patriots. Um, now, the Patriots, uh, they they drafted a wide receiver, Kayshaun Butte, in the sixth mm-hmm. round. Um, they also drafted uh, Demario Douglas in the sixth round. Uh, I think Bute is the one who's been getting a little bit more helium uh, in fantasy circles, although even he is kind of more of like a maybe a fourth round rookie pick something like that um what what are your thoughts on him on Boutet yeah
1: yeah i mean it's someone who was really good earlier in his college career and then just kind of fell off and then didn't have a good combine and it's just there's there's reasons why guys like this slip right i mean every team passed on him multiple multiple times so i think he did he go in i think he already went in our in our uh yeah, he our did. dynasty he rookie did. draft yeah. but like mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't really even in my queue. I, I wasn't really looking at him. I know it's you know it, the talent's there, but also when you look at the landing spot, in New England. I mean, how many how many wide receivers has uh, has Bill Belichick been right on? I mean, it just reminds me of some of these names like in Keel Harry and some other names, of course. And he was a higher pick, but yeah, I'm I'm just not really I'm not believing in it. Um, even though he's he certainly has some talent there somewhere, but uh, I don't know. Six round pick, uh, falling from grace. So be I don't know. I, I think I'll probably leave him alone.
0: Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I think a lot of the discussion has been about off-field, can he stay focused, like that sort of thing. And the thinking is maybe, you know, Bill Belichick believes he can he can keep this guy in line. You know, I I mean, I think uh, Belichick does have a, a, a track record of bringing in um, volatile receivers and getting their best performances, you know. Maybe I, I think back to like Randy Moss way back in the day or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the pr- player profiler has Butte as comparable as Christian Kirk, so that gets my attention. Very Ooh. good football player, <laughs> uh, yeah. but you know, that's based on workout metrics, not not based on production. Because uh, Butte, yeah, I mean, he his best season in college was his first season, and even then, only seven hundred thirty five receiving yards. So, uh, you know, it's tough to it's tough to. Um, get a lot of looks at LSU it's a it's a loaded team but even so I mean uh he's a player that's more about projection than than production
1: yeah and you mentioned Demario Douglas I mean he's a, he's a guy who's 5'8 uh, receiver out of Liberty University which is in my backyard I'm from Lynchburg that area and that program has has gotten really big over the years that every time I drive back toward that town it's like the entire mountain is it's all Liberty it's all it's getting really big but um you know we saw Malik Willis last year come in we we've seen Antonio uh, gandy Golden I think Washington took him kind of highly and then he kind of re- I think he I think he retired from football but like I just it's hard for me to trust anyone from Liberty until I see someone out of that program sort of do it and maybe that's just my my bias against the school so
0: coming through <laughs> fair <laughs> enough fair enough um but I think the big picture with the Patriots is that they didn't draft any skill position players until round 6 so uh, yeah. That clearly was not a priority. Like they boosted the offensive line. They they spent a, their first two picks on defense. Uh, clearly the recipe here is they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to play good defense. And that's how they're going to try to win games. So not great news for Mac Jones, uh, maybe for Ramondre Stevenson, but uh, he might be the only fantasy relevant player on this team uh, next season. That's entirely possible, at Could least be. in redraft. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, people are going to draft Juju, but yeah, he he might not be he might not have any kind of value. Definitely not like what he had in Kansas City. Right.
0: All right, let's uh, finish off the AFC East with the new look New York Jets, <laughs> the yeah. Aaron Rodgers led New York Jets, uh, and in the draft, um, this is a team that uh, didn't didn't do a ton uh, in terms of fantasy relevant picks, but uh, Israel Abanikanda was a player that had gotten a fair amount of hype in the fantasy dynasty circles prior to the draft Um, but this was not a good landing spot for him we don't know about Brees Hall's uh, ETA in terms of when he'll come back from that injury but it it should be sometime during this season and uh, once that happens he's obviously the alpha then they still have Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter around as well so it's going to be tough Mm. for a Bonaconda to get uh, consistent snaps and touches in this offense.
1: For sure. I mean, he's young and for dynasty, it, it might be a long play with him, but I have Michael Carter and uh, bam Knight on my dynasty league. And I've been on, on my roster and I've been trying to see if the, the Brees hall manager wants any piece of it. And he's like, nah, it, you know, there's, there's too much going on there now. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out, but as we, as we get closer to, you know, training camps and week one, it'll, it'll clear up a little bit, I would think. And, and yeah, Brees hall, might not be ready, so uh, all these guys might have some kind of value. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I mean, once Hall's back, I would have to think one of these guys is either going to get released or traded, but um, yeah. if that's not in time for week one, we could see all three of them on the active roster to begin the season. Um, and then, you know, wide receiver, I mean, this team just keeps bringing in uh, these these Packer veterans, right? I mean, Randall they Cobb, in Alan Lazard. They just brought in Randall Cobb again as well now. Um, yep. They also added Mecole Hardman this offseason, so the draft wasn't really uh, where they were looking to add it to the wide receiver room. They they did sign some undrafted free agents, but I don't think there's anyone we really need to uh, weigh in on here.
1: No, I I would agree, but I I will say I did notice that a couple picks have been made, so it is going to be back on you to make your first pick of round five uh when the time comes andrew <laughs> i know i
0: did notice that out of the corner of my eye <laughs> we'll see <laughs> yeah all right let's move to the afc north now we'll start with the ravens uh lamar jackson just inked his new contract so that is set in stone now and i gotta say as someone that has lamar in dynasty i'm feeling pretty excited about what the season could look like for him uh you know, the, the Ravens went out and drafted Zay Flowers, who I know you're you're a big fan of. You you took him in Brilliant. our rookie draft or traded up to get him, right? And uh he's he they took him in the first round. Um they also brought in Odell Beckham Jr. of course on a, a very uh hefty one year contract. Uh and yeah, I mean this this is looking like a um pretty loaded, you know, with Rashad Bateman and uh Mark Andrews still around as well. Pretty loaded uh uh collection of receivers from Lamar compared to years past
1: absolutely and Lamar said something today in like a press conference that he wants to throw for like 6,000 yards with this group so yeah you've got to be feeling good about that and yeah I, li- I like Zay Flowers I had the I had the 2.1 uh, that I got for Kelsey and then yeah I traded him and I traded that pick and Baker Mayfield essentially to move up a couple spots and grab Zay Flowers because I just really wanted you know he fell a few spots you know where I thought he might go in our in our draft and I just I really like it. I mean, Bateman, you know, obviously couldn't stay healthy last year. I think he's a nice like buy low and redraft uh, or dynasty for that matter, um, Bateman, because you know they just drafted Zay Flowers, Um, but I I like Flowers in his own right. Odell Beckham, I've never been a big fan of. I feel like he had, you know, one or two good seasons, one great catch, (laughs) right? That he gets. I don't know. I feel like he's just lived off that catch, man. Um, He certainly hasn't
0: looked like himself in in recent years with the injuries, but I I don't know. I feel like Beckham is probably. Um, gonna get more targets than Flowers in this season, but um, assuming he stays healthy, which again is an assumption (laughs) that may not hold true, but uh, but yeah, I agree. I like Flowers as a player, and I think that, like, you know, it's kind of an outdated thinking to be like, oh, we don't want players going to Baltimore because uh, they brought in a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin, who is a a pass happy, creative offensive coordinator. Um, so they could run a very different offense this season with all these weapons that they have. And, um, you know, even if Flowers takes a little time to develop, I think it's it's a solid landing spot for him. And, um, you know, he and Bateman could form a, a really nice tandem for a long time for this team.
1: Yeah. And uh, again, for their very first pick in the first round was wide receiver. And then they took, you know, linebackers and, you know, offensive linemen. They didn't take a running back so you know i'm gonna be back on jk dobbins like in a big way this year and you know even to a lesser extent gus edwards uh they did resign justice hill who i dropped in our dynasty league like i'm not really holding out much hope there but again gus edwards is going to be underappreciated as well in redraft and this offensive line if they're healthy man they're like pretty much all together these are some this is a great offensive line and uh while we were just talking about lamar throwing for six thousand yards i don't think that will happen and yeah I, i'm gonna be all over dobbins again that's a bold
0: claim. He's not going to go for <laughs> six thousand. I don't know. Uh, they did sign it. Keaton Mitchell as an un- as a uh, undrafted free agent, but he he's a real small guy. I think he's more likely to contribute on special teams. Yeah. Um. So next team up is the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, the Bengals uh, have had some interesting contract discussions with Joe Mixon. Um, <laughs> there's been you know Mixon and um, Dalvin Cook both have sort of been. In limbo for a lot of this offseason, uh, mm-hmm. just wondering how long they're going to stick around with their with their current teams, and um, you know at this point I think it looks pretty likely that they'll both be uh, their starting running back for their teams this season. But uh, the Beng- the Bengals did go out and get a uh, a heir apparent to Joe Mixon in the fifth round drafting Chase Brown. Uh, Now I say heir apparent, I mean, it was a fifth round pick. So there's, (laughs) there's certainly no guarantees there, but um, this is the running back position we're talking about. So, um, you know, it's not a position that you necessarily need to spend an early pick to get a guy who can be an impact player. And, you know, Chase Brown is a guy who has great measurables. I mean, he, like you look at his workout metrics and he's like 90th. Percentile or higher in 40 yard dash, speed score, burst score, uh, bench press. Like he's just a, he's the, according to pr- player profile, like the fifth most uh, athletic running back in this class. Um, so I think that's kind of like a big selling point for him. Um, he does have back to back 1,000 yard rushing seasons uh, in the Big Ten, which is uh, an accomplishment, and actually 1,643 rushing yards last season um for the Illini so that's that's pretty impressive um what do you think about him
1: well I like him a lot I drafted him in our <laughs> in our league I in know, the third so round that. <laughs> I know yeah I mean I honestly like I drafted running backs back to back in rounds two and three uh and honestly I could have taken Chase Brown in round two uh I was I was happy to get him in the middle of the third round and yeah like he's got a couple of six round draft picks in front of him basically is not, not talking about Joe Mixon, but Travion Williams, Chris Evans, who was inactive a lot last year, and Travion Williams. I mean, these guys have had their chances. Like, Joe Mixon has been hurt. You know, the end of a couple seasons ago, he missed like the whole second half of the year with that foot injury that, like, they were stringing us along thinking, I mean, I don't even think he hit the IR. And then, I mean, these guys have gotten some runs. So I think. I, I, that's what I, I when I saw Chase Brown, I thought this is someone who, if Mixon has these legal troubles or if they get rid of him next year or whatever, like he could step in, he could be the backup this year. He might be the starter next year. I just love the opportunity with running backs. I want to see a path maybe in a year or two. Um, whereas with wide receivers, you can wait a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, no, that that absolutely makes sense. Um, speaking of wide receivers, the the Bengals did draft uh, Charlie Jones from Purdue. Uh, in mm-hmm. the fourth round, so uh, decent draft capital for him. Uh, now he's you know he's small and probably profiles as a slot receiver. Uh, I mean, five eleven is not that short, but one seventy five. He's not a big yep. guy. Um, but you know, uh, Tyler Boyd uh, could very well not be a Bengal after next season. Uh, maybe even T Higgins as well. So there could be some uh, targets opening up in this offense. Not not in twenty twenty three, but maybe. In 2024, uh, for Charlie Jones, so um, you know if he ended up coming close to replicating Tyler Boyd's uh, production, that would certainly be uh, a nice use of a rookie pick um, in a dynasty league.
1: For sure, and Joe Burrow isn't going anywhere, uh, so yeah, nice. To, you know, you want to pair these guys with 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 good quarterbacks. I mean, I think especially if you're in a draft and it's a tiebreaker, I would. I would sort of default to someone who's playing with now a Lamar Jackson who's locked up or, you know, some of these young quarterbacks who you, you just don't expect to really go anywhere. So yeah, I like it. The, um, they also drafted Andre Isovias. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. Guy out of Princeton. Um, Sixth round pick. Uh, looks like a bigger body, more downfield threat. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. You did mention T. Higgins and some of these other guys. Like, sure. I mean, he's, he's much deeper. He's not, he's not going to be on my, on my, in my queue anywhere.
0: Yeah, I just was going to let you mention that one. <laughs> <laughs> to say his last name. <laughs> I, I try to avoid the guys I can't pronounce their names. Uh, all right, next up is the Browns. And the Browns, um, they they uh, drafted Cedric Tillman in the third round. Uh, so, you know, he's a uh, an interesting prospect, I think. I mean, the, suddenly the Browns wide receiver room is looking extremely crowded uh, because, you know, last year they drafted David Bell. Um, mm mm-hmm. They drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones back in 2020. Uh, they they brought in Elijah Moore uh, in a trade this mm-hmm. offseason. And, of course, they have Amari Cooper. They also signed Marquise Goodwin. So it's just a lot of guys, a lot of bodies. Um, I don't know if they'll all make it uh, up to um, week one or not. But uh, Tillman is a third-round pick. So I think we can feel pretty confident that, that he'll be on the uh, week one roster. And, uh, he's got great size, six foot three, 213 pounds. Um, you know, the measurables don't fly off the page for you there, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, is gonna, if we see the, the vintage to Sean Watson, uh, that we saw prior to all of his scandal and controversy, then, uh, Cedric Tillman, um, has a lot of the appeal that, um, that David Bell had last season.
1: Yeah. And I mean, David Bell had a shot, you know, and like, I think Cedric Tillman, like you mentioned, Down People's Jones, uh, your Michigan man. I mean, he he looked good at times last year, but I don't. I just don't know that he's a special player. Whereas Tillman, Tillman might be. You know, he had a great twenty twenty one season uh, in Tennessee, over a thousand yards, twelve touchdowns. Dealt with an injury last year, and then Jalen Hyatt, you know, got a lot more playing time. But Tillman's the guy. I mean, people were talking up a year ago as like the receiver out of Tennessee. So I think he's the talent, and I think. Yeah, I think he's a really good pick. Uh, I would probably take him, or at least consider him over Hyatt. We'll get to Hyatt, but I, I would I would consider Tillman over Hyatt if I'm de- deciding between the two in a rookie draft.
0: I agree, because I, I, like si- I like size. I like going for the, the guy that profiles as a potential X, and I think that yeah. would be Cedric Tillman. So uh, definitely an interesting pick there. Um, the Browns also drafted uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, the quarterback for UCLA, mm-hmm. in the fifth round. Uh, I'm not sure quite what to make of that pick. Um, I mean, he's a very impressive athlete. Uh, but clearly um, maybe, clearly, he's not uh, coming for Deshaun Watson's job any anytime soon. So I wonder if he's more involved in gadget plays of some variety and could maybe eventually work into the backup quarterback role. Mm, Taysom Hill North. <laughs> hey, it it, it it works well down in the Big Easy. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Let's move on then to the AFC, or I'm sorry, I almost forgot the Steelers. Can't skip the Steelers as much as I would <laughs> like to. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the Steelers are getting a lot of plaudits for their draft. It's not a very fantasy relevant draft though. Um, I think the one fantasy relevant player they drafted is Darnell Washington I in the third round, the tight end, who uh, kind of was initially seen as a guy who could go earlier than that. Right. But he's had some health concerns um, that I think uh, tanked his stock a little bit. Um, I also heard that he's, I mean, he's a very capable blocker. Uh, He's a capable receiver as well, but uh, I think he referred to himself as the sixth lineman for them. uh, I (laughs) believe. So that's not what you're looking to hear as a fantasy manager, but again, I mean, this guy's huge six foot seven, 264 pounds. Um, is comparable on player profile or CJ Uzoma. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I feel like um, Fryermuth is likely still uh, the top tight end there and, and uh, the top pass catching tight end, certainly. But uh, you might see Washington uh, overtake Zach Gentry as the more blocking focused tight end. And then maybe he works his way into the passing game over time.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's at least three or four tight ends I would take above Darnell Washington. In rookie drafts, um, before the draft started, I mean, I definitely had him higher. I mean, he's just such a freak athlete, athlete like you mentioned, um, that, like, yeah, there's a 1% chance he turns into, like, the next Gronk, right? I mean, like, th- it's not a 99% chance, but, like, if you want to draft him in the third or fourth round of your rookie draft and hold on to him for a year or two and see what happens, I, I wouldn't blame you because he is a-, a physical specimen. And, yeah, maybe he could develop in Pat Friermuth, I mean, you never know what happens over a guy's career. Maybe, Pratt, I mean, tight ends, we've seen a lot of tight ends get franchise tagged and then maybe go somewhere else like teams don't tend to like hang I mean the Steelers had Heath Miller forever but like a lot of teams don't hang on to tight ends forever you know so maybe Washington steps into it in a couple of years if he develops but I see it as a pretty low probability
0: yeah I mean when you're drafting tight ends in Dynasty it's always like a a long-term project anyway though I mean there's, it's yeah. very rare that you see tight ends step right in and produce I mean I, there'd be some hope Dalton Kincaid is an exception to that role this year but um you know, often you have to wait. And, uh, well, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about this when we talked about the Bengals, but Irv Smith, I've been waiting for three years. And I think that his time might finally be coming. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he was really young when he was drafted. So he's still, he's still not much older than some of these guys being drafted this year. So that's the thing you need to keep in mind with, with these guys. They can, they can be projects before they, uh, eventually establish themselves.
1: No, I'm glad you mentioned Irv Smith because when I wrote up my uh, landing spots article on ROSRankings.com, I that was one position for the Bengals where I saw Irv Smith and I like him a lot. You know, I've I've been inquiring about a trade, but they signed him to a one-year deal, and I, I really thought that they might, you know, that the Bengals might draft a tight end like like a Darnell Washington or someone. But
0: yeah, maybe next so year. I guess you can call Smith a big winner then from the from the draft. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the AFC South. We'll start with the Texans who. Uh, were picking uh, near the top of the draft and and got their quarterback of the future in C.J. Stroud. Um, I mean, kind of a no-brainer pick uh, after um, Bryce Young. And, uh, I I mean, I guess he was taken, you know, before Anthony Richardson in in real life. That's the difference between real life and fantasy. Uh, You know, I think Richardson is the the higher ceiling fantasy player, um, but maybe lower floor. Um, Stroud seems more like pro ready, having uh, all of that success um, at Ohio State. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, Stroud has done it against top competition uh, in, in the Big Ten and uh, in in the uh, college football playoff and all of that. So um, definitely an impressive player. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think if you're a Texans fan, you you have to be excited that they that they finally have their quarterback of the future. No offense to Davis Mills.
1: and if you're a texans fan i mean i know it's not fantasy relevant but trading back up and getting will anderson's awesome too i mean they 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 got the number two and three pick i mean granted you you sold a little bit of your future to get there but like if i'm a fan you know i'm getting excited about this year and you know i'm excited about tank dell little little tank you know he's Mm five foot eight 165 pounds out of houston but this dude produced man uh I'm looking at ESPN.com right now, and the little blurb uh, says since since the start of 2021, no FBS receiver has more receiving yards or touchdown catches than Tank Dell. So like, not something I knew before the draft, before doing a little research. Um, but they use a third round pick on him, and yeah, he's small, but if you know, if they find ways to get him the ball. I'm I'm kind of I kind of like you know them selecting this this hometown Houston guy, um, and yeah, like I I got him at the end of the third round. So I think somewhere in the third round makes sense for a guy like Tank Dell in rookie drafts.
0: Yeah. So apparently um, CJ Stroud really loves Tank Dell because he urged the Texans brass to draft Dell and they listened and did that. Um, Whether that's a wise way to build a team, I don't know. And, uh, (laughs) you know, as much as Will Anderson should be a beast, I mean, they paid, they probably overpaid uh, to make that trade as well. So uh, there's still some questions about how the Texans are running their franchise, but that's no <laughs> offense to these specific players. Um, you know, Tankdale uh, definitely has uh, some exciting uh, potential. Uh, his player comp on player profiler is Isaiah McKenzie. So that type of a player, y- you hope maybe it pans out a little better than uh, it has so far with McKenzie. But um, yeah, just to summarize so far, Justin Shorter is small and Tank Dell is... <laughs> Or, I'm sorry, Justin Shorter is large and Tank Dell is small. <laughs> there,
1: there you know. go. And then and then the, the Texans also drafted Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State a bit later in the sixth round. He's, you know, bigger body receiver, 6'2", 203, and, you know, was productive in college. And so with John Mechie coming back from his health issue, um, you know, they traded away Brandon Cooks. Uh, they got Robert Woods, who you mentioned earlier, who hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't really produced since his days before his ACL tear and the, with the Rams, like... I think this it's wide open, and I think like rookies coming in. You mentioned C.J. Stroud, like in Tank Dell. I just I like when rookies come in together, uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think they can develop some chemistry together, and I think this wide receiver room is wide open. So he's someone who I might, you know, I'm looking at him, you know, in these later parts of like the the fourth and fifth round of, of rookie drafts.
0: Yeah, I could see that just for the reason you said. I mean, it's really hard to rank these receivers one to six for for a redraft um, this season. Right. I mean. I love Nico Collins, but you know, not not super proven. Mechie coming back from that serious health issue. Robert Woods, how much does he have left in the tank? Um, tank Dell size concerns. Um, Noah Brown, also I, who I just dropped in our in our <laughs> yeah. dynasty league, was signed this off season. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of names for Hutchinson t- to jump, but um, they're not names that are uh, impossible to jump. We'll put it that way yeah for sure uh and then you know Damian Pierce locked in for another uh, heavy workload this year they did bring in Devin Singletary uh to compliment him but didn't draft anybody so that's good news for Pierce I think yeah for sure all right next team on the list is the Indianapolis Colts and this is the team that went out and got their QB as well uh In Anthony Richardson and we'll see I mean they brought in Gardner Minshew so maybe Minshew starts um, to begin the season because Richardson like I said is a little more raw um, than uh, Bryce Young or a uh, CJ Stroud so for that reason it wouldn't be a surprise to see Richardson um, potentially um, not start the season but uh, he's going to play a lot this season I think that seems like a safe bet
1: yeah and it's gonna be interesting to see like for redraft purposes how people rank Richardson if it looks like he's going to be the week one starter because with that rushing upside I mean there's it's there's so much unknown and he's got a lot of there's a lot of possibilities here I mean he could he could not be good he could get you know he could get hurt he could get replaced you mentioned Gardner Minshew but like I'm gonna have a hard time not not ranking him as like a top 15 quarterback and redraft if he's going to be starting week one just with that rushing upside what, what do you think I mean I, I don't know if you've looked at your redraft rankings but that doesn't sound crazy right
0: not at all I mean I, I think once you get past the like surefire starters like you want to aim for upside especially if you're drafting two quarterbacks like he's the perfect upside one and then you draft like a high floor low ceiling guy like a you know Derek Carr Kirk Cousins type to count to pair him with you know um yep and uh here's a here's a stat player profiler has him ranked as the number one most most athletic quarterback not just in the 2023 class but all time since they've been ranking quarterbacks uh, 278 quarterbacks that they've ra- rated, uh, wow. and he is number one in athleticism. So, uh, and is comparable as Josh Allen. So, um, yeah, I uh, there's a lot of reason to be excited about uh, Anthony Richardson, yeah. and there's a lot of reason to this is, you know, a pretty decent argument to take him uh, above uh, any of the other quarterbacks in um, in Dynasty and in Redraft. Honestly, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I would. I know in our in our league, uh, Bryce Young uh, went went first. Bijan Robinson goes first in a lot of drafts, but it's it's not crazy if you have the first pick to take Richardson um, because yeah, they've they've got the the Philly coach who came over there, so worked with Hertz. Uh, they drafted Josh Downs uh, in the third round. Again, I like I like bringing in. I mean, their receiving group. They have Michael Pittman. Um, you know, they they got they lost Paris Campbell and some others, but like I know you like Jelani Woods a bit. You have him. Uh, in our dynasty league they've they've got some weapons to grow but it doesn't even really matter for fantasy purposes right like he can do a lot with his legs and that's you know that's what i mean justin fields wasn't great last year but he sure was great for fantasy and i think richardson can be that type of a player
0: yeah i mean there's definitely I like so. lamar jackson type of upside with him um yeah and uh yeah i don't know how great it is for the pass catchers um for Pittman and and Woods and Alec Pierce and and even Downs, who they drafted. Um, it just, you know, once Richardson takes over, it may not be a very high-volume pass offense, at least um, in the short term.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll mention, too, they drafted Evan Hull out of Northwestern, a running back in the fifth round. I think it's, you know, it's always good to just keep an eye on these these rookie running backs. Um, I mean, fifth round is not seventh round, you know, so it's, it's something. And they have, obviously, they have Jonathan Taylor there. Um, but, you know, behind him, they've got guys like Zach Moss, who they traded for, uh, Deion Jackson, who's looked good at times. But, like, you know, a year from now, we might be looking at Evan Hull as being the backup. Probably not this year, but maybe next year.
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. I'm a big Deion Jackson fan. I've got him stashed away in our Dynasty League. I think he's a good player. So I'm yeah. not convinced that Hull is, uh, is going to be a better player than him. I, I do think he's probably a better player than Zach Moss. But, uh, you know, Zach Moss just seems to – get those snaps anyway. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's tough, if nothing else, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next on our list, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jaguars, uh, they, I mean, they, they, they drafted the other tank. So, and you also <laughs> drafted the other tank. You drafted both tanks. So tell me about Tank Bigsby.
1: Well, uh, you know, before I make a pick in our rookie draft, I often like Go to Twitter and do a little, you know, watch a little film on guys and stuff. And in this case, I also asked a buddy of mine who went to Auburn. I'm like, "What do you think about Tank Bigsby?" And I feel like you can often, you know, get a lot of information from people who like watch every football game right for their college team where they went. And 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 I think they'll give it to you straight too. I know you like you like Michigan guys, but I think you'll also, you know, you'll be realistic like after you watch guys, right? Yeah, like
0: Chris Evans stinks.
1: (laughs) There you go. And so like he was like Tank Bigsby stud, beast, you know, we were talking about it, and I was just like, you were putting me over the top here, man, because, like, with the draft capital, with the opportunity, I mean, they did sign Dearness Johnson, who I know you like a lot, I think you might even have him in your Dynasty League, yep. like, they signed him to a one-year deal, um, I do think he's a good player, but, like, I think Tank Bigsby could compliment ETN, uh, really, just right off the bat, I mean, using a third-round pick on a guy, I do think he could be very productive, and then, like, ETN has not been, uh, you know, super healthy in his young career, so... I just really like Bigsby, like I said. Him and uh him and Brown out of um for the Bengals. Like I could have chased Brown, I could have switched them almost like, you know, with the middle of the second versus middle of the third. Anywhere in there, I'm fine taking either of those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, maybe I would um slightly lean towards Brown just because of Mixon's status um with the team. Like ETN is clearly the number 1 guy here and he's going to be mm-hmm. there for a while. Um But he's not like a true bell cow. I mean, I just don't think Etienne, uh, if you want to keep him healthy, I don't think having him uh, be an every-down player is the way to go. So it seems like the Jaguars realize that, and that's why uh, they did spend pretty decent draft capital on Bigsby. Uh, So as much as I love Dearness Johnson, um, the fact they spent a third-round pick on Bigsby does probably give him the upper hand heading into training camp, and then it just becomes a question of, uh, you know, can he show that, that he was worthy of that pick Um, uh, because I think it's one of those situations where you never know from team to team, but with most teams like Ty will go to the the higher (laughs) drafted player, the guy the team has invested more in. So um, for that reason, I would give Bigsby uh, the upper hand on on Dearness Johnson and Jamichael Hasty. but uh, that's something we'll have to watch in training camp.
1: Yeah, and I know we've talked about a lot of tight ends so far, but the, the guy I'm I'm actually excited about, and I might get in the fifth round here if he if he lasts long enough, we'll see. Is uh, Brenton Strange, uh, tight end out of Penn State, who they took at the end of the second round. So even ahead of Tank Bigsby, they select a tight end, and this is I think this is super interesting because Evan Ingram had a great year last year, but they signed him, they they franchise tagged him, and like I said, like I could easily see him gone in 2024. So this is not a pick for next year for redraft, but like for dynasty. I mean, this could be really good if this is a tight end they develop and is good in two or three years. Um, You know, using a second round pick on a tight end, like there were a lot of tight ends in the second round in this draft and and Strange is one of them. And he's, for that reason, I'm alone, I'm interested, even though I really don't know a whole lot about the player yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, he didn't do a lot uh, in college um, statistically, um, but that's often the case with tight ends. I mean, it just depends on the offense, how often they're going to, feature their tight ends so he never had more than 362 receiving yards in a season and that was uh, last season Um, but yeah I mean that draft capital definitely speaks uh, volumes about um, how that team feels about him and then what do you think about uh, Parker Washington the wide receiver they took in the sixth round
1: yeah I mean again like another guy out of Penn State you know five ten two oh four 204 seems to me like I mean, maybe he could be, you know, someone who develops into the Christian Kirk role. I mean, Christian Kirk, they signed to a nice a nice contract. Um, But just building some depth there. I mean, like, Zay Jones is someone who I never thought would have the year he did. Um, But, yeah, he's 21 years old. He's young. So, like, for Dynasty, it's really good to, you know, some of these guys coming out now are 23, 24 years old uh, after the COVID, you know, impact and guys transferring and all this. Like, so finding a guy who's, really young is often, you know, just a little added bonus. So I always like to look at the age of these guys too. So just a, just a little added bonus. Give a, give a guy a little bit more time to develop there with,
0: with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what it is for me really. It's just like, it, you know, if you feel like the Jaguars offense is going to continue to uh, take a, a step forward, then getting pieces of it becomes increasingly appealing. So that's the main yeah. argument for, for Washington as far as I'm concerned. He's not a guy I'm really targeting in my rookie draft, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, it, once you get fourth, fifth round, it's, it's kind of, you know, pick your, pick your, uh, gamble of choice. So why not? Yep. Sure. Uh, all right. Tennessee Titans. Uh, this team <laughs> did not do a lot to, um, uh, add to their receiver room, which was surprising because they, they have yeah. probably the worst receiver room in the NFL outside of Traylon Burks. Um, uh, and They didn't uh, draft any receivers until the seventh round when they took Colton Dowell, who I know very little about. Um, They did, however, invest heavily at quarterback and running back, uh, which is where the intrigue is. They took Will Levis after he fell out of the first round. They grabbed him at the top of the second round uh, as the uh, clear heir apparent to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I I feel like that's... uh, I shouldn't say clear. I mean, they did take Malik Willis in the third round last year, and now he already looks like he's on the way out. So you see like these guys maybe get a brief audition and they need to show something um, or the team uh will go right back to the well again if they, if they have high draft capital.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would certainly draft Will Levis in a super flex uh, league like ours in the first round. I mean, cor- like I, I say, certainly, I mean like it's no sure thing. Like, I mean, I drafted Desmond Ritter in the second round of our, of our draft last year. Uh, I feel like Will Levis could be a similar type player, Um but maybe, I mean, we thought coming into the draft he was potentially going to be like a top five player and go really high. And then there was that buzz about him being the number one pick. That whole Reddit thing was was crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I don't necessarily think Will Levis is special. Um, and so, like, yeah, the thing I was shocked about was the receiver thing. Like, I held on to Westbrook Akine uh, in our Dynasty League because literally I'm like, if they don't draft someone, I mean, I want to have like a warm body to potentially fill in at wide receiver. And not that he's some great talent either but like you know they have Traylon Burks and him and, and who else they have this kid from Tennessee Martin like you said I don't even know who's on their <laughs> roster
0: yeah yeah uh, with Levis like I, I, you know I, I I don't hate him like I think he could he could be good it's just the earlier the pick the more job security they they're gonna walk into you know and the fact that yeah he, he fell to the second round instead of the first um, it just makes it a little a little less firm uh, ground because honestly like the difference between going to the Colts or the Titans, like it doesn't feel like a huge difference to me. I mean, I do, I will acknowledge that, that the the Colts probably have better passing game weapons right now than the Titans, but uh, you know, it's not, it's not like the Colts are loaded either. So either of those landing spots would have been fairly similar. It's more the draft capital that, that is uh, a little bit concerning, but I still think ultimately this is a good landing spot because Ryan Tannehill is, you know, probably getting pretty close to the end of the line at this point. And uh, by the way, Player Profiler has their their comparable for Ryan Tannehill is Jamie Lannister, which cracked me up. <laughs> uh, oh man, that's I'm glad good. That they, I'm glad they put in some some funny <laughs> ones for the the oldie uh, oldie but goodie players. That's um, good.
1: Well, uh, um, what what about Tajay Spears? Yeah. Because they they took him in the third round. And, you know, it's it's nice. Like, Hassan Haskins, uh, your boy there, uh, was not great last year. Um, and, I don't know, like, to me, the landing spot kind of stinks. Like, for redraft, for sure. Um, for Dynasty, it's sort of like, we'll see. A lot of people thought Tajay Spears could be... A, like a bell cow back uh you know maybe year 1 depending on his landing spot like if he had gone to Miami I think people would be excited or you know different there, there's other spots but like in Tennessee for redraft it's almost like well he's just a handcuff and for dynasty I don't know what are your thoughts
0: Yeah I mean you know watching his tape like it seems like he can kind of do everything you know like he does seem like he has that every down back skill set um mm-hmm. he doesn't really necessarily excel in any one area um but uh, I, you know, yeah, for redraft, I think he's, he's purely a handcuff. Um, but Derrick Henry has taken so much wear and tear over the years, like you have to wonder how much longer he can keep going. So, uh, I think it's kind of, I actually kind of like the landing spot. I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. um, this is a team that it's in their DNA to run the football and be, you know, run it up the middle, up the gut, uh, pound away. And I feel like Tajay Spears can do that. Um, the one problem I, of course, is, is his, his medicals. Um, he not only has, ha- he's not only had ACL, uh, issues, he, he doesn't have an ACL in his knee. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so, you know, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds to me like the general expectation is that he might be, uh, he might be a shorter career type of a player. Like, um, so that, that makes it a little harder to swallow that he might just sort of uh, be lightly used in his first year if you think about the fact he might only have like a three or four year career um but then again it is running back and like how many running backs are good on their second contracts not many you know so um, yeah. so yeah i don't i don't have a problem drafting Tajay Spears um he could be a player that's quite fantasy relevant in 2024 or 2025
1: okay yeah i mean i think for rookie drafts like for me i, I probably had four or five Other running backs ahead of him including obviously Bijan robinson and and jameer gibbs but but then you know two or three other guys who i I would have drafted over him for sure and maybe even a tank bigsby maybe even a chase brown so like i I think yeah with like the medicals like you said maybe landing spot isn't isn't so bad like maybe derrick henry does you know you know finally (laughs) break down one one day um but yeah it's it's hard for me to see the path so I, i wasn't not really feeling tajay spears
0: yeah, I mean, I I do think that it, that just sort of goes to show at running back um, after the first couple guys, it's there's a lot of um, gray area in terms of how to, how to rank them, and it's true at wide receiver as well. So that's yeah. sort of the nature of the beast with this draft class. Uh, yep. So moving on to the AFC West, Denver Broncos, uh, and they they drafted uh, Marvin Mims uh, in the second round, and this is now a Sean Payton. Led offense, so that's uh, I, I feel like that makes you have to feel a little more optimistic that maybe this offense will will be, be uh, significantly better than, than it was last season when it was probably the most painful offense in the league to watch. Um, you know the uh, the receiver room is is pretty full right now for Denver. Uh, you know they've of course got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick should be back uh, this season as well. So, uh, Mims is probably not going to start, um, as a rookie, but I still kind of like this landing spot. If you buy into the fact that Russell Wilson and, uh, teaming up with Sean Payton could be a really good thing. And maybe, maybe, you know, Wilson's still only what 34 or something like that. So Mm -hmm. there could be like a five-year run where Russell Wilson gets back to being Russell Wilson. And if that's the case, um, you know, guys like, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, maybe Judy's around for the long term, but the other two, I don't know how long they're gonna they're gonna be there. So I think Mims will uh, eventually get his chance to get some looks in this passing game.
1: Yeah, and you, you mentioned it was a round two pick. It was the 32nd pick in the second round, but it was the first pick for the Broncos. So they didn't have a first round pick. So this was their first pick, which I like. I look at that and I'm just like, okay. And they also didn't have that many picks. You know, their second pick was in round three. They took Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, who I like a lot. I think. know they only had five picks, and I really like some of the picks they made. I feel like they almost are like, okay, we got to take best player available, almost versus having the luxury to go, okay, let's take a tight end here because we've got another pick here in like ten picks. They didn't have that, so yeah, I like I like the draft capital even more on Marvin Mims. I like the player. You know he's a small guy, but like he can get downfield and you know catches a lot of touchdowns. He's fast. I just. I, I do. I think if Russ if if Russ can cook, like you said, um, a couple more years, and, and who knows who it'll be behind, but beyond that, but yeah, I could see Mims being, you know, a big part of this offense. Maybe not right away. Like for redraft, I'm gonna have a hard time if with Judy and Sutton there. But yeah, for dynasty, I, I think he fell a little bit too far in our rookie draft. I, hmm. I I would have him somewhere sort of in the middle of the second round.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there's one drawback on Mims, it's that I he does not profile as a true alpha receiver. Um, his comp on player profile is Darnell Mooney which I think kind of tells you what kind of player you're dealing with like maybe he'll end up being better than Darnell Mooney potentially but um yeah. clearly Mooney was miscast as a as a number 1 receiver and I think Mims would similarly be miscast as a number 1 thankfully the Broncos do not need him to be a number 1 right now he's their number 4. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good fit. I think it's a great landing De- spot for definitely
0: him. Definitely an upgrade on KJ Hamler. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Next up is the Chiefs. Um, Unless there was anything, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the Broncos? Um, I don't think so, because like I
1: said, they didn't have. They they took some defense. They took a center. Uh, That's that's pretty much it. I don't have I don't have anything more to say about Drew Sanders. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's move on then um, to the Chiefs. And uh, the Chiefs took uh, Rashie Rice in the second round. Uh, This is a prospect that I feel like. People are – there's, like, very mixed opinions about him. Uh, mm-hmm. But just going to <laughs> going to the Chiefs immediately makes him an exciting player to consider in fantasy drafts.
1: I mean, absolutely. You know, there's no Juju. There's no Mikko. uh Kadarius Tony can play, like, two games a year. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is, like, a downfield threat, and that's it. And even then, like, he's not that good. I mean, this is just, like, wide open. I, I definitely considered – Roshi Rice like right near the top of the second round um you know after after guys like Zay Flowers and some of these you know first rounders I think you got to look at Roshi Rice as just the opportunity if he's if he's good I mean they used a, a high pick on him and with Mahomes yeah there's a lot to like here um he's got every opportunity to be like a number 1 receiver with Mahomes here so I I love all that
0: Yeah, although I will say uh, just a couple words of caution about that. (laughs) Like, one, I I do still believe that, like, when in dynasty, you want to value like the player's talent over the situation, especially for wide receivers. Um, And the other thing is just even the situation. I mean, the Chiefs were maddeningly frustrating last year with how much they spread the ball around, you know. And I'm not sure that that's going to change anytime soon. I mean, basically, ever since Tyreek Hill left, Travis Kelsey has been the only reliable pass catcher unless you count jerk McKinnon (laughs) in this offense, you know. So and there's been other guys that have just kind of been a little disappointing. I mean Micole Hardman was disappointing. Uh Sky Moore last year wasn't a big factor. So uh yeah, I don't know. I like I feel like the offense is gonna succeed no matter who it's almost like what the Packers used to do with Aaron Rodgers just like not surround him with that much uh with that many uh, star players or anything, I mean, he could still make it work. Like Patrick Mahomes could make it work with anyone, uh, but like, you know, right now it's it looks like a a hard a hard, uh, a hard uh, depth chart to navigate um, in terms of fantasy value.
1: Yeah, and you know, for like for redraft, like I said, I've already updated my rankings a little bit. I moved him way up based on landing spot for redraft. You know, even ahead of someone like Quentin Johnson. Or Johnston, I should say, for the Chargers, uh, who we'll get to in a second, who was drafted well ahead, who I think is a better talent and better dynasty pick for sure, or right. you know, in my mind, not for sure, but you yeah, know, no, I, I think he is. Yeah, but but for redraft, I think Rice uh, makes a lot more sense uh, with that with that room for 20, 2023.
0: Yeah, and I do. There are things I like about Rice. I mean, I think he has pretty decent size, um, and his burst score was in the ninety fifth percentile. So. Um, that that means like it doesn't necessarily show up in his in his straight line speed which is just kind of middle of the pack but like his ability his jumping ability and ability to sort of explode uh, from a set position is, is strong so um so yeah i think uh his catch radius was also really strong so there are definitely some some intriguing skill sets that he brings to the table i mean he had a pretty quiet college career until last season when he exploded for Uh, 1,355 yards and 10 touchdowns so um, that you know some some people like to see it more than one year in college from these prospects but uh, that's that's not a huge sticking point for me
1: yeah and I'll just say real quick they didn't draft a running back but they did re-sign Jarek McKinnon I think yesterday or this week so that that room is that running back room is going to look pretty similar to last year with Pacheco and you know if Clyde Edwards-Alaire can stay healthy maybe he'll be involved a little bit but he's almost like the third option now And uh, no Ronald Jones anymore. He's in Dallas.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, They did sign Daneric Prince as an undrafted free agent. I mean, that's a super deep sleeper. But Mm. um, I think the McKinnon uh, signing does throw some cold water on Prince. But we have to remember Pacheco himself was a seventh-round pick. So uh, Andy Reid is not afraid. Uh, to go deep down the depth chart to find the guy who's running with the most explosiveness at any given moment so just something to keep in mind as you're watching training camp this year
1: yeah good point good point
0: all right uh now we will go to the Raiders and uh the Raiders of course drafted a tight end in the second round Michael Mayer uh Mm -hmm. what do you what are your thoughts on him
1: yeah I think he might end up being the best tight end in this draft I like the landing spot here uh Darren Waller now a giant. Foster Moreau dealing with some health issues. So like they tight end was definitely a need, and they went and got it with the fourth pick in the seventh, uh, seventh in the second round. So yeah, th- I like a lot of that. You know, you know, I like my tight ends out of Notre Dame too. Um, Cole Komet, Um <laughs> I, I I can't I can't rattle off a ton of them, but I mean we've 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 had some good tight ends. It's I don't know if it's like tight end you, but you know we've had some good ones out of there. It's not, I don't know if it's up there with Iowa, but um yeah. I like I like the player in, in Michael Mayer. He's 6'5, 250. Um, you know, good route runner. I just think like, yeah, I think he can step right in and be a Darren Waller. And we'll we'll see like if he can have an instant impact. But for Dynasty, yeah, he's like I considered him also like sort of top end of the top of the second round. I think that's about where he went in our rookie drafts.
0: Mm. He's got a really good size, but he's not very athletic. Uh his comparable is Zach Ertz. So like that's kind of like what you hope for because Zach Ertz has had a really great career with limited yeah. athleticism, you know? Um, so I, I, like to me, that's kind of the upside is Zach Ertz, uh, with Michael Mayer. I do think it's a good landing spot. Certainly. I mean, the, the depth chart, uh, is pretty wide open. They did bring in Austin Hooper, but I mean, I, you know, I could still see, Uh, Mayor taking over for him relatively soon and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a is a quarterback with a history of course of uh, throwing to his tight ends Um, George Kittle of course had lots of success with Jimmy G so um, so yeah I think it's a good landing spot for for Mayer Um, again betting on tight ends in year one is a is a dicey proposition but um, there's certainly at least a path for him to to make a pretty quick impact uh, and then what about Trey, Trey Tur- Tucker I want to say Trey Turner wrong sport <laughs> Trey Tucker in the third round what do you think about him
1: yeah I mean it's it's hard I mean and I mentioned Tank Dell and some of these guys it's, it's hard to get excited about some of these small guys you know 5'9 182 um, out of Cincinnati but you know I, I think he's you know year one with receivers you often see like them be special teams guys I think with you'll probably see that with him especially with the depth chart you know they, they've got a lot of receivers there already um so like i just i don't really see him breaking through especially not for redraft um for dynasty i don't think he's gone yet in our rookie draft so he's not someone i'm really excited about um i don't really know enough about him to be honest and like to, to draft a small receiver out of a somewhat of a small school um i mean i shouldn't say cincinnati's a small school they, they've had a pretty good program but right
0: right yeah,
1: yeah i i I don't really know what there is to, to like about him personally i haven't seen a lot of tape on on tucker
0: i'm with you though i mean i don't i just don't really like drafting small receivers that are mostly known for their straight line speed you know i mean he's 91st yeah. 91st percentile in the 40 yard dash um and i think that's you know that's the main selling point for him um so that does lend itself towards special teams i i think it also has a role to play in the offense because he can be that guy that maybe takes the top off of defense, but that doesn't translate that well to fantasy. So um, this is one where I wouldn't overrate the draft capital uh, in terms of the fantasy prospects. And then I will mention they did draft Aiden O'Connell in the fourth round as well. Um, As a Jimmy Garoppolo manager, I I was happy to see that because I don't think O'Connell is a threat to Jimmy G. I think he, he just profiles as a career backup. So Um, And those those have value. I mean, Brian Hoyer is their current backup. He's had a long career as a as a career backup. And I think Aiden McConnell might be able to do the same thing because um, he can run the offense. You know, he doesn't have any explosive uh, skills like, you know, not the strongest arm, not super fast, any of that. Uh, But but he's got the the head for the game. And, uh, you know, he's one of these guys that uh, if he was thrown into the fire uh, in the fourth quarter of a close game, like he might be able to handle the job.
1: Uh, yeah, and w- one other thing I'll point out is they didn't draft a running back. They had nine picks, so I think Zamir White uh, in Dynasty is a good buy if if you can get if you can get him. Uh, you know, I'm sure whoever has him probably thinks the same thing. But you know, Josh Jacobs was brought back on the franchise tag, and you know, Amir Abdullah and some other guys are there. But like Zamir White didn't get a whole lot of playing time last year. But they drafted him in what was it the fourth round or something last year. And the fact that they didn't add anyone and had nine picks. I think speaks volumes there and he could be someone in 2024 who could, you know, at least be sort of like the, between the tackles, you know, goal line guy, that kind of thing for Zemir
0: white. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, we were just talking on our baseball show last week about how I love post type sleepers. So, Oh yeah. He, he fits the bill. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we'll wrap up the AFC with the Los Angeles chargers. And we talked a little bit already about Quentin Johnson. They took him in the first round, uh, and you know he's the kind of receiver that I get excited about because he definitely uh, profiles as, as as a potential X receiver. I mean he's he's a big, big dude. Um, mm-hmm. You know I do think it's a little interesting that they um, that they went in that direction, given that uh, Mike Williams is younger than Keenan Allen, <laughs> so. Um, you know, I I I feel like Quentin Johnson is more of a he's Quentin Johnston's more of like a, a a Mike Williams replacement than a Keenan Allen replacement, if that makes sense. So oh, it seems sure, like yeah. they they pr- prioritized that more. Um, now, of course, they run three wide sets a lot, so like all th- like they can play all three of them. Um, but long term, like that's where I kind of see Johnston uh, going is, is stepping in for Williams. Um, that that will be what you're hoping for if you draft him. That that he eventually has the kind of fantasy value that Mike Williams has now.
1: Yeah, and it's like I said with talking about having Rasheed Rice over Johnston in redraft, I think it's going to be hard for me to move Johnston up in redraft just because those two guys are there. But for Dynasty, yeah, I like the talent and I like the fact that uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both you know are on contracts where they have a couple more years there. And then you know when you start looking at twenty twenty five and down the road, I mean Johnson could emerge sooner than then, but he, he I think he has some really good long term value in dynasty, and that's why he's going in the first round.
0: Yeah, he's another prospect that there's some mixed reviews on. Like I think his route running maybe not considered the best, but those are things that maybe he can uh, fine tune over time. Yeah. Uh, and then they did also draft uh, Darius Davis. Um, so I don't I don't know maybe maybe he is the guy that would profile more uh as a uh as a eventual uh replacement for Keenan Allen but I again like a fourth round receiver I think it's very much up in the air um what kind of long term uh role he'd have and he's also very undersized so um, not a player I'm targeting in rookie drafts
1: yeah and they drafted their quarterback Max Duggan out of TCU they just they brought them all <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy like he's I coming mean... for Easton Sticks job <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm I'm not too excited about either of those guys either uh, for dynasty, but yeah, Darius Davis, smaller uh, slot guy, but like like uh, Tucker for the for the Raiders, I kind of see him as just sort of like a special teams guy at first, and who knows if, what he'll be long term, you know?
0: Right, and then we should note um, they didn't draft any running backs, um, so Austin Eckler. There's been some questions about would he would he stick with this team or not, um, mm-hmm. and it certainly seems like. You know, much like Mixon and Dalvin Cook, a lot of noise, but it seems like all these guys are going to stick with their original team and probably have good seasons. Yeah, I mean, these guys just want to get paid, you know? Can't blame them. Yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) they play the wrong position to get paid. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, let's move to the NFC. We'll start in the NFC East uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys wisely uh, invested heavily in Michigan Wolverines, uh, (laughs) uh, in the first round. And then Luke Schoonmaker in the second, uh, we won't talk about Mozzie since he's a defensive player, but, uh, and we know the Cowboys defense is already excellent for fantasy purposes, but how about Luke Schoonmaker, uh, second round Uh, that was earlier than I think, uh, a lot of people were expecting him to go. Um, you know, he's, uh, as someone that watched every Michigan game last season, um, I've, he was a reliable receiver. That's what I'll say about Luke Schoonmaker. Very reliable. Um, his workout metrics are actually surprisingly high. Like looking at them, he's 85th percentile or, or higher in 40-yard dash, speed score, burst score, agility, and catch radius. Like I, I couldn't tell any of that from watching him play. Like he, he looked more like a sort of classic, you know, traditional tight end. I guess you could say who can make yeah. catches over the middle of the field, but isn't gonna like you know, break one for a long touchdown or anything like that. So, um, and he's, yeah, you know, I'll point out he's 24 years old uh, and uh, going on 25. So he's definitely old for a prospect. Uh, his comp is Daniel Bellinger. So that's not, not awful. Um, draft capital is certainly nice. And the offense that he's walking into, uh, is certainly nice as well. I mean, this is a team that just lost Dalton Schultz. So, um, that, that depth chart's pretty wide open and it's a, a good offense with Dak Prescott under center.
1: Yeah, you said it, man. Dalton Schultz. You know how I feel about Dalton Schultz. Um, I think he's just a guy. I- I've never been that impressed with his talent, but he did really well in that offense. And I don't think he's gonna do well with the Texans. <laughs> I really don't. I'm gonna have Dalton Schultz as like my tight end fifteen or sixteen. I just yeah, I can't get behind it. And yeah. So for that reason, I'm interested in this guy because, you know, they have uh Jake Ferguson, who was a fourth round pick. You know, and Peyton Hendershot, who I think might have been an undrafted free agent. Like, these are these are not – I mean, they've invested more in this guy. Um, you've seen him play a lot more than I have. But, yeah, just for the reason that, like, he could be a Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm in for the right price. Uh, probably not in redraft, but for Dynasty, like,
0: I think he's, he's worthy of, like, you know, sort of like this fourth round, fifth round pick for sure. Yeah, they also have Sean McKeon, who was – the Michigan tight end two years earlier (laughs) oh goodness they love Michigan man I I, I'm starting to warm to the Cowboys I gotta say although yeah I know that will (laughs) disgust you and a lot of other listeners but (laughs) so be it um anything else you want to talk about with this team I mean I think they're pretty set uh at wide receiver Deuce Uh, Deuce Vaughn you know Deuce Deuce Vaughn
1: that's true he's interesting just because like you know Zeke is gone obviously he's not Zeke he'd be like a little mini Zeke but more like a mini Pollard yeah I mean like Pollard's value was already pretty high I think Pollard's value just continues to stay high or or maybe go even higher uh just the fact like Malik Davis we were talking about him a little bit off before off air as it were mm-hmm. I think his value goes up a little bit potentially as long as they don't like re-sign Zeke or bring in Leonard Fournette or a Kareem Hunt or something so we'll have to wait and see but like I'm not that excited about Deuce Fawn he's really small I mean the story is cool that his dad's there in the in the front off or i forget which position his dad is if he's a scout or what but you know that whole thing's cool but like um for fantasy purposes i'm not that interested in dynasty in deuce fawn
0: yeah no i agree i think he's gonna be more of like a a gimmick player maybe a third down back it is his ceiling yeah um but yeah i mean i don't i don't think pollard is going to be a true bell cow so i i do like uh, malik davis i think he should be rostered in all dynasty leagues Yep, I agree. All right, um, st- sticking with the uh, NFC East here, we'll we'll talk about the New York Football Giants. Hmm. Um, I'm just loading the page here.
1: <laughs> well, they they drafted Jalen Hyatt, who we were talking about earlier. They yes. got him in the third round. I think he's he's probably the most interesting name here, but like, I, I don't know, man. Like again, I like Cedric Tillman better. I, I do think that it just seems like. The Giants, you know, they added they added some guys in the off like Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder and I don't know how many slot like small slot receivers they added and then Jalen Hyatt's someone who again like he's 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 on the smaller side and I just don't I mean Wondell Robinson's coming back from injury uh, I, I say he's smaller he's six feet tall but one seventy six he's just like slight frame so like
0: right. I don't know I guess they have a type um, but like I'm not I'm not that into it. Me neither. I I feel like he's going to be one of these like situational deep threat kind of guys. And those are, that's just not a valuable role for fantasy it is for teams. But then again, I mean, like you said, this team already has (laughs) a lot of these smaller or, 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 you know, lighter receivers. Like this is a team that really needed to draft like a big dude, (laughs) I think, and they didn't do it. So I'm not really sure what they're doing there with that, but, um, it, it just makes it even more of a headache. I mean, the, the Giants were like the biggest headache for wide receiver last season, and it looks like they're going to be a big headache again this season.
1: Yep, and, uh, you know, the other the other guy to mention here, Eric Gray, who I think you said you were you were looking to get sort of in that fourth round. I think he's, he's very interesting. He was taken in the fifth round, but, you know, Saquon I don't think has signed that franchise tag yet. And I'm sure once, again, running backs want to get paid. Uh, you never know. You could have like a holdout situation or something. So, like in Dynasty – this is this is some someone you might want to consider, you know, sort of in that fourth, fifth round uh, range, maybe even like late third round. Uh, just as the you know the possibility could be there
0: uh, where he could be a starting running back if Saquon doesn't report. Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly like I view him kind of not that far off from the Chase Brown take Bigsby, uh, sure, you know, tier of guys because like he can step right in and and be that second back. I mean, Matt Breida is. uh you know, not getting any younger and was never able to stay healthy even when he was young. Um So I feel like Eric Gray can definitely overtake him. And then Barkley, whether he <laughs> is long for the Giants or not, has a very long injury record, <laughs> track record. So, like, he could easily get banged up, miss some time uh, at some point, and Eric Gray could step right in and be uh getting a, a lot of carries on a team that likes to run the football. So, um yeah, I mean, I... I you know watching his tape like he's another one of these guys that i i feel like he he does he can kind of do everything all right you know he's not a special uh talent or anything like that but i think uh at running back it's opportunity is king as they say you know so Mm -hmm. i feel like he could hold his own um at least for a short period of time uh as a starting running back if if, uh if a team has to turn to him
1: yeah and honestly when i'm when i'm on the clock and i'm debating between like a small fourth round receiver at a Cincinnati for instance versus like a potential you know even like even a handcuff to Saquon or someone who might take over next year if they let him walk uh you know at Oklahoma uh it's just it's a no-brainer for me like I just I'd gravitate toward the the running back from Oklahoma versus like the small receiver from like a Cincinnati that's just that's Same. just how my brain
0: works you and I agree on that for sure yeah all right uh now the team that Pretty much everyone feels like won the draft. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, yep. they they could be building a dynasty here of their own. Um, a lot of their picks, of course, were were on defense, and those were really strong picks. Um, offensively, uh, not a ton to talk about here, other than of course the fact they traded for DeAndre Swift, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is certainly a big a big uh, move for them. It looked like Rashad Penny uh, was set to be the lead back. Um, and with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott mixing in now, uh, Swift is certainly going to play a a significant role in the offense as well.
1: Yeah. I think that's the main thing is the running back room with Swift added, um, and Penny's value kind of falling a little bit because of that, but, you know, I I think this is, with Miles Sanders gone, like, we'll we'll have to see how it kind of shakes out. Like, Penny might still have plenty of value. Maybe he's the guy who scores the touchdowns, you know, and... No, that's Jalen Hurts. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But, you know, for the, as far as the receivers, like, I remember last year when we were doing our weekly podcast rankings and stuff, it was like, we talk about the Eagles and it's like, same old, same old, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and... Yeah, start Jalen Hurts. It's, like, all the same. So nothing really changed here after the draft.
0: Yeah, they really have nothing on their receiver depth chart after those top two guys, so they better hope they stay healthy. <laughs> that could yeah, be one thing. I mean, you watch them go, like, sign some, you know, Will Fuller in midseason or something if there's an injury, <laughs> but I don't know. But uh, I don't even know if he's got anything left to give. But, you know, um, the, yeah, I, what you said is right. I mean, they're just a very uh, – clear situation in the passing game it's more the running game like it's always been a headache they they tend to rotate three backs um and uh you know we'll see if they continue to do that under the new uh, offensive coordinator but um you know it does seem like adding swift to already pretty crowded running back room suggests they are going to continue to to spread the wealth and
1: then Boston Scott will continue to score touchdowns against the Giants because that's what he does,
0: and he will continue <laughs> to score touchdowns whenever the fewest possible fantasy managers have them in their lineups.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, <laughs> uh, let's move right. on to let's move on to Washington. Yes, um, there's not a there's not a whole lot as far as again offense here either. They drafted a lot of defense and you know some offensive line, but they did they did draft Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky. You know, six foot, two hundred and fifteen pound running back. And, uh, you know, saw some quotes uh, from the coaching staff. They really liked him a lot and just, you know, maybe throws a little bit of a wet blanket on Brian Robinson in year two. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is someone who gets more in the mix. Uh, we saw Antonio Gibson, you know, kind of look kind of weak at times. I think J.D. McKissick is gone now. Um, so there, there is, like, a little bit of space for even a six-round uh, rookie running back to carve out a role here, don't you think?
0: Uh, I, I, I more see it as, like, he's like the handcuff to Robinson that, uh, you know, the, the odd thing, this is another situation where I look at it kind of like what we were talking about, the giants drafting another smallish thinnish receiver. Like yeah. this, this depth chart at running back looks a little out of whack. I mean, like, you know, Chris Rodriguez is a grinder, um, but like, he's more, yeah, he's more of a Brian Robinson style of running back than an Antonio Gibson style of running back. And Gibson's the one, who will probably be gone after next season. So it's a little bit of a head scratcher to me that they didn't draft a more uh, maybe uh, well-rounded running back who, who's more of a pass catching back uh, because the other guys they've got Jonathan Williams, Jarrett Patterson, those guys are also just kind of between the tackles grinder types, you know? So I feel like this, this depth chart right now has four of those guys and, and Gibson is a little bit of a different skill Um, So maybe they're just, maybe they're just figuring They like Rodriguez as a prospect. He can be that backup to to Robinson and then you know they'll find their replacement for Gibson next season.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe they maybe they could still bring back a guy like McKissick on a cheap contract. Yeah,
0: or Gibson, I guess. (laughs) Could stick around. You never know. (laughs) Right. All right. Um let's move on to the NFC North and we'll talk about the Chicago Bears. Bears. Uh, (laughs) This is another team that, you know, not not a ton but there's some interesting ones in the fourth round uh Roshan Johnson mm-hmm. at running back um you know he's got some some pretty uh pretty interesting skill set and uh this is a depth chart that's uh, in flux you know i mean they yeah. they uh let um they let uh uh what's this, David Montgomery walk and uh mm-hmm. br- replaced him with Deonta Foreman but uh Roshan Johnson could easily uh step in to what many people were thinking the role Dante, Dante Foreman was going to have this season. Uh, Khalil Herbert of course is there as well, but um, you know, I think they, I think it's become kind of clear that bears don't. And I I know you have Herbert and and you mentioned you don't have any bell cow back. So I think you, you're with me on this, that (laughs) the bears don't really see Herbert as a, uh, as an every down back. Um, So he's going to be complimented with someone. And uh, now it's, uh, it's still probably going to be Foreman to begin the season, but this is like um, maybe, maybe Roshon Johnson is the long-term uh, uh, compliment to Herbert on this uh, Bears team.
1: Yeah. And I, I love Roshan Johnson for dynasty. I really do. I was really hoping he would fall to me sort of in that middle of round two. And I ended up with tank Bigsby and you know, I like him as well, but I was really hoping for Roshan. I I don't know how year one's going to play out. Like you said, I think it'll be more Dante Foreman. I do think Khalil Herbert will have a role here, but man, he was a six round pick himself, you know, and they have some other guys. They brought in Travis Homer for some depth. Uh, Ebner who's there is, you know, more of like a shifty uh, back. So like they, they've got a backfield. They've got a lot of guys, which is not great for fantasy often, but like I could see Roshan Johnson being really good next year. Year two, Dante Foreman's only on a one year contract. Khalil Herbert could be gone or ineffective. So yeah, I was hoping to get Roshan. Uh, I would, I, I would like to draft him in Dynasty for sure.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how he does because he just was so lightly used in college because he was playing behind B. John Robinson. But yep. Um, but clearly the Bears like the skill set and uh, his comparable employer profile is Josh Jacobs. So you'll take that all day.
1: Oh yeah. And uh, again, like I just love big 12 running backs for some reason. And often you see guys who are like, yeah, these, these teams are just stacked like Texas and Oklahoma and some, like sometimes the number two running back is fine. I mean, again, sometimes it happens with teams like Ohio state and Michigan too, but like, I don't know, man, I just, in my mind, it's just always these big 12 schools.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so what about Tyler Scott? Um, they, he, they also took him in the fourth round. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't know how excited you get about wide receivers for the bears to begin with. Cause uh, right. you know, Justin Fields is taking steps forward as a passer, but um, this is still a team that's probably not going to run a, a super wide open uh, passing offense, but um, Scott, you know, he's, he's got okay size and uh, really good burst and, and, and decent speed he's comped to Sterling Shepard, So um, yeah, you know, given the state of this depth chart, I mean, DJ Moore, it's clearly the big pickup they made this offseason. That he's kind of the clear number one, um, but you could see Scott compete with uh, Darnell Mooney um, to get on the field.
1: Absolutely, and I think for Dynasty, like Mooney could be you know gone any a year from now. Um, I think Scott's an interesting pick uh, late for sure. And and it's interesting how with Tennessee, with Cincinnati, uh, you know these universities. Like I feel like the wrong guy was picked first. You know we were just talked about Tucker, his teammate from Cincinnati was drafted first by the Raiders, and then the Jalen Hyatt T- Tillman thing. I just Again, it's team need, it's style, it's all that. But like in my mind, I like Tillman better. I like Tyler Scott better than his teammate. So yep, and they went they went a little bit later. Agree
0: with you on on both counts. All right, all right. On to the Lions. Uh, they certainly had a very eventful draft uh, for fantasy purposes and just for the future of their franchise. I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, they took Jameer Gibbs earlier than anyone was anticipating at the twelfth overall pick, and uh, it's it's pretty exciting to think about uh, what Jameer Gibbs might be able to do in this offense, uh, you know, especially now that they have traded away uh, uh, DeAndre Swift and, Mm -hmm. you know, they did bring in David Montgomery, but uh, you know, if Jamar Gibbs is as good as, as the Lions think he's going to be like, I don't think that uh, David Montgomery is going to stand in his, in his way too much. I mean, you know, Montgomery will definitely shoulder some of the, between the tackles load um, because Gibbs is, you know, he's drawing comparisons to Alvin Kamara and, you know, Kamara is capable of of running between the tackles 20 times, but when he's at his best, maybe he's getting 10 carries and eight catches or something like that. And I think that's the kind of production you might be able to get from Jameer Gibbs.
1: I mean, even if he can just be DeAndre Swift and and stay healthy, be a healthy DeAndre Swift in this offense, like I'll, I'd take that, you know, like the fact that they use the 12th overall pick, like you said on him. I mean, it's, it's awesome for fantasy I mean, this is someone who was probably going or projected to go more like toward the end of first round rookie drafts and then just skyrocketed up to where people are taking him with like the third and fourth pick you know Especially, yeah, I, mean, I think even he's the second Super pick
0: plays. in in single qb leagues at this point
1: yeah single qb it's like yeah it's Bijan and then him um and yep. people aren't even considering and that I, and I, that's exactly what i would do for sure so yeah definitely excited for gibbs
0: Yep, and then uh, they they drafted Sam Laporta in the second round at tight end. That uh, their TJ Hawkinson replacement. Yep, uh, and uh, I, you know I, I think he's got uh, he's got all the skills to be a successful uh, NFL player. That this was uh, tight end was kind of the strength of the of the draft this year, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Iowa is tight end U as we know. So <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's a lot of reason to think. Uh, that Sam Laporta is going to be a successful player, and he's a guy that I thought um, fell too far in our in our draft.
1: Yeah, I was I was looking at him too. Again, he went one pick before Michael Mayer in the actual draft. So Laporta went uh, with the third pick in the second round. Mayer went with the fourth pick, and then yeah, we we've already talked about guys like Schoonmaker or Sco- I don't know how you say his Schoonmaker, name, but maker,
0: yeah. Schoonmaker. Yeah the, yeah, the
1: second round was full of tight ends. There were five taken in the second round.
0: Yeah, I think Laporta is my favorite of the of the group, other than Kincaid. Yeah. I mean, all
1: these guys, I mean, it's it's it was definitely a good year uh, for tight end. And after trading you Travis Kelsey, I, I kind of wanted to get one of these guys, but I also didn't want to reach for it. So.
0: Well, i still got year. plenty of other tight ends if you want to talk deal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
0: And then we should mention also that the uh, Lions selected uh, Hendon Hooker in the third round. Um, yeah. Now, this is an interesting one because, uh, you know, Jared Goff is not that old and Hennon Hooker is not that young so like the age difference <laughs> between them is only like three years um, I know so it's kind of an ambiguous situation in terms of when and if Hennon Hooker will ever get a chance to be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions because uh, they're building a pretty good team and uh Jerry Goff has proven that if, if you surround him with a very good team, he can get to a Super Bowl. So, like, he's a good enough quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a good enough quarterback. So it makes you wonder when what, what would have to happen for Hendon Hooker to get a, a audition as the uh, starting quarterback for this team.
1: Well, I don't think it's going to be this year anyway because of the injury, him coming off the injury. So, like, I think for Dynasty, you know, you stash him on your IL – even if you're in a keeper league, let's say, uh, if you have, depending on how many spots you have, maybe you, you draft them and see what happens. There could be an injury to Goff. Maybe the Lions, I mean, a lot of people are talking about the Lions definitely making the playoffs this year, maybe winning the, the division, this <laughs> and that. It's like, what have the Lions ever done? I mean, what if they just win like five games and then they're like, all right, we're done with Jared Goff. Like, that's a scenario that could play out. So in that scenario, maybe they give Hinn and Hooker a shot next year. So, it's possible. I, you know, I, yeah. I can see, I can see it happening. So. In, in Superflex, of course, like you've, you've got to take a shot at some point. It's almost like the Lions did that in real life, right? Like He went all the way to the – slip to the third round. A lot of people thought he might go at the end of the first so that teams could get like that fifth year on him, and he slipped really far. I think know? it's
0: because of the, the injury. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, and the age. Right, and the age. Yeah, although, honestly, age to me for a quarterback really doesn't matter that much. I mean, like – He's 25 years old. Like if he becomes a great quarterback, he can have a 15-year career with the way that these quarterbacks <laughs> are lasting nowadays. You know? Yeah,
1: I guess that's true. But just hasn't hasn't worked out great for the
0: Brandon Whedons and Chris Wankies of the world. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I guess you from know. a talent evaluation perspective, it's a lot easier to look good when you're playing against uh, younger younger players. Um, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I still think it is it is a, a reasonable landing spot for him, and and he's certainly a guy that probably belongs in like the third round of Superflex rookie drafts, something like that. Yep, for sure. All right, uh, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers, uh, who no longer have Aaron Rodgers. It is officially the Jordan Love era, and. Uh, of course, the Packers respond to that by draft investing way more in wide receivers than they ever did when Aaron yeah. Rodgers was around, which maybe makes sense in some ways because, they, like I said earlier, you know they they feel like Rodgers could get it done with less, but and and Jordan Love is going to need more, um, so they already have a pretty solid one too in Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, but they needed more, and Jaden Reed I think is is a very solid addition uh to this receiver room like uh, you know not a guy who maybe is going to be a superstar but he seems like a guy that's pretty likely to have uh a a very solid career and there is of course the potential um that he that he does um blow up and take his game to another level
1: yeah for sure and you know i don't think this really impacts like a christian watson you know his his dynasty stock is still pretty high um romeo dobbs like i've seen his you know on like dynasty trade charts and values and stuff like no one is valuing romeo dobbs at all and like i don't know man like i i would buy romeo dobbs for you know cheap on the cheap uh, mm-hmm. because there's no guarantee that Jaden uh Jaden reed will be good but it's it is nice that they use a second round pick on him i do think it's a, a nice pick but i i kind of like buying low on romeo dobbs and I'm, I'm actually trying to do it in our dynasty league just to see if i can trade him for like a a future fourth or fifth round pick or something like that wow and do would it. he go that cheaply yeah, maybe. I mean, really, look at take a look at you know some of these value charts, and Dobbs is just like I feel like he's at
0: rock bottom right now, and it's kind of crazy to me. See, now you're you're mess. You're gonna make me want to start training for him too. You. <laughs> you better be careful, man. Yeah, I, I know. love Romeo what? Dobbs. I was I was big on him coming out last year. I you know because yeah, Christian Watson was like the home run hitting uh, receiver, but Dobbs was like the guy that seemed like had the Devontae Adams um, style to his game you know yeah but maybe jaden reed has that too so it's gonna be interesting to see how that shakes out i also i think it's an open question how about jordan love i don't know if he's the solution for this team and if if they if they don't have the quarterback on the roster then that uh that's a problem for all these receivers
1: yeah for sure like for redraft uh, i don't know like for dynasty you might have to be patient because of jordan love for sure and you know, they drafted two tight ends. You know, they they used their first second round pick on uh, Luke Musgrave at, out of Oregon State. And then they took Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State who honestly looks like the the bigger, like kind of like the better specimen and like sort of athlete who could be like I almost think that Tucker Kraft might be the tight end you want here for fantasy. Um and Luke maybe maybe Luke Musgrave ends up being a solid player, um but I don't know. Like for fantasy do you, have a, do you have a preference for Dynasty on Luke Musgrave versus
0: Tucker Craft? Uh, I don't. I'll, I'll confess that I haven't researched tight end nearly as much because I have like six tight ends on my Dynasty roster, so yeah. <laughs> I haven't really been considering drafting one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if if that's true what you're saying, then uh, that reminds me a lot of the Ravens situation from a few years ago because yeah. they, they took Hayden Hurst in the first round. Uh, and they took um Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews much later, but uh Andrews was the one that was like the athletic star, you know, freak and, and Hurst was like the polished guy who was supposed to come in and immediately contribute. And yep. we see who turned into one of the top tight ends in football. It was the athletic guy, you know. So um so if that's yeah, I mean if that's the, the case between Musgrave and uh and Kraft, I would I would go with Kraft as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it feels like I thought of the same thing with the Ravens. And it's like Tucker Kraft coming out of a smaller school like South Dakota State. You know, again, not Oklahoma like Mark Andrews. But still, like, it almost adds a little bit more, like, mystery to it, right? Like, can mm-hmm. he be really good in the NFL? I mean, he, you know, as far as, like, the measurables and stuff. So, yeah, I, I kind of like taking the shot on Tucker Kraft. And, again, it's about value. You're getting him later in rookie drafts too.
0: Yep, for sure. All right, so moving on to the Vikings now. Um, they have a very popular first-round uh, rookie draft pick, uh, Jordan Addison, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the receiver who steps right in now that Adam Thielen is gone and should be a starter uh, from day one for this team. So, uh, I mean, this is a guy that could have some redraft value, and certainly uh, I think he's landing in a great spot um, for long-term value where he could maybe be that number two um, for the long term um, with Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Um, I mean, Justin Jefferson's not going anywhere. But, like, yeah, Addison is a pretty solid back of the first round, uh, you know, for rookie drafts pick. I considered him over – I was debating between him and uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Ultimately went with Smith and Jigba, like, a pick or two earlier. But, like, you can make a case for either of these guys. I think Addison is stepping into, like, a better role when, when I'm starting to look at my redraft uh, rankings. I'll definitely have Addison – Well, I shouldn't say definitely, but I think I might have Addison a bit higher than Jackson, Smith, and Jigba.
0: Really? For redraft. Oh, for redraft. I see. Yeah, for redraft. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense, actually, just because of the opportunity. I mean, um, we'll get to Seattle a a little bit later, but um, um, the one knock on Addison, I think, is the size. I'm 5'11", 173, so he he might Mm -hmm. need to put on some weight um, in in the NFL, Uh, but he's comp to Deontay Johnson, so, I mean, like... Tar- he could he could really develop into a target magnet
1: yeah i'll also just mention they did draft a running back in the seventh round there was some off-season stuff about dalvin cook potentially getting traded or moved uh that didn't happen and they re-signed alexander madison to a two or three year deal i feel like i feel like they got a deal on alexander madison um but you know it's just someone just like he might leapfrog a couple guys if Dalvin Cook's gone next year maybe you're looking at a backfield with him and Alexander Madison in 2024 you yeah,
0: know yeah Dwayne McBride is who you're talking about he's compared oh, yeah. to Ronald Jones on player profiler and honestly watching his his clips he did kind of look like Ronald Jones to me like mm-hmm. uh, in his running style so take that as a positive or a negative as you will but <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it, it, you know it's it's certainly possible that he could jump Ty Chandler and then uh, if Cook departs next season or something like that, maybe McBride right. it, um, is, is fantasy relevant, uh, at least as depth at that point. Yep. All right. Uh, so next up on our list, we will move to the A- uh, the NFC South, and we will go to one of your favorite teams, the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> <laughs> who of course drafted B. John Robinson uh, at the eighth overall pick. He's the number one pick, slam dunk in 1 QB uh rookie drafts and you know it's it's kind of a debate in a super flex um i think the consensus seems to be that he should go uh first overall even in super flex uh drafts but that's definitely i, I shouldn't say it's a consensus i think that's the the most common opinion yeah um, but if that's not the way it played out in our rookie draft
1: and, and, and honestly, like, I think the way our rookie draft played out is how I would expect a Superflex. You know, I would expect guys like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, maybe even a C.J. Stroud, to go ahead of him. Like, these are guys who went in the top five, uh, top four, I guess, of the draft. And, yeah, Bijan John Robinson is a surefire thing, but he's still a rookie running back who's never played a snap in the NFL. He plays a position that is not known for longevity. And I just, yeah, for Superflex, I, I think – I think you can definitely make a point for two or three other quarterbacks ahead of him
0: yeah no I think you can I think it's an interesting debate honestly because I mean if you think B. John Robinson is Christian McCaffrey or you think he's Saquon Barkley although Barkley of course has not fully uh, realized his potential up to this point I think but McCaffrey certainly has I mean like if 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 you could have Christian McCaffrey for the next five years, how do you compare that to having, I don't know, what what is uh, what is Bryce Young's uh, career look like? I mean, is he um, Tua? <laughs> you know, right. like would you would you take Tua or Christian McCaffrey? Uh, you know, coming out of college, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I. But but again, I, I I'm not a big Tua guy. I think maybe Bryce Young can be better than Tua and. It's certainly not a slam dunk to Bijan John Robinson. Is going to be Christian McCaffrey because almost nobody is. And I know this is like a, a considered kind of like a once in a lifetime sort of prospect. Um, he's sort of like the, the Jamar Chase of this draft class. You know, like I feel like the way people talk about Bijan is how they were talking about Jamar Chase last year. Um, but you know, last year there were quarterbacks that went ahead of Jamar Chase and superflex. Um, so it is it is a, a fair uh, debate for sure.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned Bryce Young, but I think the more interesting debate might be with Anthony Richardson, right? You were talking about how he could be the next Lamar or something. So, like, I've seen people, you know, heard people talking about taking him at, with the number one pick. So th- there's a case to be made. Um, I don't think it's as clear-cut and super flex for sure, but, yeah, definitely in one QB leagues. Bijan's a slam dunk, and I like what he does for, like, a Desmond Ritter, who I have, uh, even even Pitts and Drake London, I think he opens up the offense. I really do. I think, like... He will get his, but I think it, it'll it'll help the offense as a whole. Um, so I, I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta this year too. And like for real life, <laughs> like I think they could win the division. You know, I think they did a lot of good things on defense, uh, adding Calais Campbell and some other uh, defensive. Uh, forget who else they uh, got on the defensive line off the top of my head, but I think they could win uh, what's going to be a weak division this year.
0: Yeah, not a lot in the receiving game though beyond Drake London. I mean, Mac Hollins is their number two. And they don't yep. really have anyone beyond that. So it's not going to be a high-volume passing attack.
1: No, it won't be. But, like, you know, Ritter Ritter, I like more than most. Um, I don't know. I think he's got some rushing upside, too. And, uh, yeah, I liked him coming out of college. So, okay. anyway, Fair it's enough. all about Bijan.
0: <laughs> it's all about the Bijan. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Panthers. So, of course, they took Bryce Young uh, first overall. Yep. And uh, – you know i feel like it's a good a good spot for him um to to grow uh long term you know um frank reich is certainly i mean former quarterback himself and <laughs> certainly knows the position i feel like you know he kind of got a raw deal towards the end in in Indy and i think he's a good coach so i think this this team is kind of stabilizing now um it's gonna take some time i mean there's the weapons in the passing game are, are not that um, impressive. I mean, you know, Adam Thielen is kind of reaching the the late the the swan song of his career. Mm-hmm. DJ Shark has always been very inconsistent. Terrace Marshall hasn't really blossomed. They did draft Jonathan Mingo in the second round, um, yeah. so that seems like a pretty good landing spot for him. He feels a little bit boomer bust as a prospect, but. Um, certainly has room to, to climb the depth chart there in carolina
1: yeah and like you mentioned like with guys like thielen and Chark, like for for this year or even i mean i think mingo could be good right away um there's the potentials there i, I like i like the 6'2", 225 frame um you know he's he's coming out of old miss and uh yeah I, I think the draft capital i like that the panthers drafted bryce young number one overall their next pick in the second round was mingo you know i mean you look at his, his college production and it's not you know, it doesn't jump off the page, right? Like, he wasn't that involved, like, as an underclassman. You know, his numbers don't pop. Last year he had 51 catches, 861 yards, five touchdowns. So it's not, like, again, it's not eye-popping, but, like, if the talent's there, they use the draft capital, he has a path to number one receiver really as early as this year, but, but it almost feels likely for next year, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, unless they – picking at the top of the draft and take another receiver next year because I I don't really (laughs) think he profiles necessarily as a true number one receiver we'll see I mean he's definitely got a lot of speed and decent size so I'll give him that but the you know the kind of lack of college production is makes it hard for me to believe that he's he's going to be a true number one receiver but we'll see we'll see yeah
1: well they only had five picks Uh, they used their first two on those that we talked about the rest is kind of not fantasy relevant
0: yeah. What do you what are your feelings on Bryce Young? Do you think he's uh do you think do you think he's a better prospect than CJ Stroud, for example?
1: It's tough. Like if I was at the top of that draft, I think I would have like our draft, I think I would have taken Anthony Richardson, to be honest. Just take a stab at the upside. Mm-hmm. Um but between those two, with Young and, and Stroud, it's tough. Um I think longevity wise, I feel like Stroud has a better chance to be a good quarterback in the league for eight to ten years. And I could see Bryce Young. It's just hard. Like he's got such a small frame. Uh, it's I don't know. I, I have a harder time seeing him having a long career in the NFL. You know, even it, though he's a really yeah. special player.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you know, the, yeah. There's been guys like Drew Brees. People talked about his height, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the the great players can overcome it, and certainly Bryce Young has faced the top competition in college that you possibly can. So, um, yeah, the fact he succeeded there makes me feel pretty optimistic he could do it at the pro level. I you know, I agree he's maybe a little riskier than Stroud, but I also think he has a lot more upside. Um I he can run pretty well. You know, it gets mm-hmm. lost because Richardson is such a freak with running. Um, but Bryce Young can definitely run as well. You know, it's sort of like people forgot Trevor L- Lawrence could run. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. these guys can can run and uh they're gonna add fantasy. Like I could see Bryce Young adding like five to seven hundred rushing yards every season, uh, under the radar, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that will help his career out a lot. Um, it's just like, I feel like Richardson is the highest ceiling and, and lowest floor and, and, mm-hmm. you know, young is like the second highest ceiling and the second lowest floor and, and, and Stroud's like in the middle, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: And honestly, in for redraft, like I probably will rank Bryce young ahead of CJ Stroud. You know, he's, he's with Frank Reich. He's got, he's got some better weapons, honestly. Yeah. And Houston. Yeah. We, we talked about them earlier. Like they've got some rookies and, just, you know, Mechie is not a sure thing coming back from his health thing. Like, I just think Stroud is, you yeah, know, not in a great position for year one. I could see them picking at the top of the, the draft again next year, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like all three of these QBs. I think it's I think it's a pretty solid quarterback class this year. It's mm-hmm. not like you're not reaching to take these guys in a super flex at the top. Um, but, like, uh, even though I... Probably put them all in a similar tier. I do. I I do. My tiebreaker is upside, so I I do think I would go with Richardson and then Young and then Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to New Orleans. Uh. So the Saints. Um. Uh, not not a ton of huge impact players, but Kendra Miller in the third yeah. round. Um. Is an interesting one, especially because Alvin Kamara. Could be looking at a suspension this season. Probably is looking at a suspension this season. So um, that could mean some immediate opportunity. I mean, they did bring in Jamal Williams, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jamal Williams is is good, but he's not he's not like great, and he's not going to be an every down kind of a guy. Um, so Kendra <laughs> Miller, uh, he could he could provide like maybe you know a little bit of a spark to the offense um, w- when uh, Kamara is out.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, Jamal Williams, another guy on my dynasty team. I've got a lot of these guys who are just these mediocre guys in timeshares. I mean, he's Jamal Williams is going to regress, you know, from however – what did he have, like 20 touchdowns last year? I know, <laughs> he's, right? He's going to have, like, five. And, yeah, I agree. I think Kendry Miller, again, he's someone I like ahead of a Tank Bigsby. I was hoping that Kendry Miller or Roshan Johnson would, would fall to me. Um, I ended up with Tank Bigsby. But, yeah, Kendry Miller I like a lot. I I don't know. I think with the situation there, like, like, like you said, Jamal Williams, you know, he's getting a little bit up there in age. He's not as old as like, you'd think like he's not 30, you know, but like, I, I also just think with the contract situations with Kamara, some of the, like you mentioned suspension, I think we could see like ne- as early as next year, Kamara or Jamal Williams, not in New Orleans. And then you've got Kendry Miller in a much better position, you know, to be the guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good landing spot for him. That's the key. Yeah. And, um, you know, you look at his skill set and uh, his comp on Player Profiler is Khalil Herbert. So imagine mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert in this situation. Um, I feel like uh, there's something to be pretty excited about there.
1: Yeah, I like play- I like Player Profiler a lot. Um, I would expect a better comp for Kendra Miller, to be honest. But hey, well these are these understand. are
0: based on workout metrics, and yeah. you know, for him, it's high school workouts. So who knows? I mean, <laughs> I, like. I, it's you know I don't know how I don't know how accurate all of those are. I mean one other thing I'll say about Miller is that he, uh, you know, he put up huge numbers at TCU last year. They had an incredible season, but didn't do it a lot before that. So that's just you know one other thing to think about. Just you know some people are pretty strict about that wanting to see it twice kind of rule, and we haven't with him. So just one yeah. thing to keep in mind. But yeah, no, I, I I think like I mean first of all I don't think Comping him to Khalil Herbert is a great insult anyway. So, no. uh, but, but yeah, maybe he could be even better. Uh, um, all right. I'll mention they they, no, they,
1: they, they also, real quick, they drafted A.T. Perry uh, yep. out of Wake Forest in round six. Um, you know, Michael Thomas has had a hard time getting on the field last couple years. And, uh, you know, Chris Olave is great, but like A.T. Perry feels like, like a direct backup to like a Traquan Smith. You know, he's tall, he can, he's fast. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think At Perry not in year one, but maybe maybe a year two guy. So I like him at like in the in the this fifth round of our rookie draft. I think someone's gonna snag At Perry if they haven't already.
0: I think someone did. I'm not really that no. into him. I just don't. You know, he's another one of these guys that strikes me as like a you know situational deep threat kind of a guy. I'm not sure he's gonna. Um, not sure he's gonna be. I'm, I'm not sure he can run the whole route tree and be a core component of an offense. But we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay. So, uh, not a ton to talk about here. Um, They did draft Trey Palmer in the sixth round. Uh, You know, their third receiver is Russell Gage, so that's, (laughs) you know, maybe a potential opening for Palmer, um, if not immediately, then down the line. Mike Evans, we don't know how long he'll be there as well. Uh, But then there's also just questions about the offense with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask as the as the quarterback room. It's not, it's not great, (laughs) not great, Bob. So, um, you know, they this is a team that strikes me as like they haven't fully bottomed out yet, and that's what they're going to need to do to to get their quarterback of the future on the roster. But I don't know. Maybe maybe you think it's Trask.
1: I mean, maybe that's what they're doing here. Maybe they are bottoming out. I I don't know. It's this one's a weird one to me because I thought like. With how many picks did they have? Like eight or nine here? And I thought, like, surely they might draft a quarterback even with a late pick. Cause, yeah, you mentioned Baker and Trask. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're just going to roll with that and win in like two games. And they're just, they they took guys they like to build for the future. Um, guys like Chris Godwin
0: and Mike Evans are going to be pissed <laughs> playing in Tampa this year. Well, hopefully, hopefully Baker is just going to play YOLO ball.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could. You know, um, it's not yeah, really as far that. as.
0: The current coaching, as long as Todd Bowles is there, I mean, he's not Bruce Arians, you know. Like, it, right? It's not really how he wants to play.
1: <laughs> they also didn't draft a running back, you know. So I guess that's good news for Rashad White. They did. They did sign. uh Is it Sean Tucker? Yeah, I mean, Sean Tucker
0: agent. is one of the. I mean, he's a pretty good. Uh, yeah. Undrafted free agent. Like, I feel like he might be. Of we were talking this pre-show, I think he might be the best of the undrafted free agents in terms of fantasy. I think he was certainly the first undrafted free agent to get drafted in our rookie draft. I think he went in the mid to late 3rd round.
1: Yeah, so he's that's a name I think is worth that's worth paying attention to. Uh, I think he missed his uh he missed the combine or something. Uh I think he has some sort of a heart condition or something. Yeah. So, you know, the people passed on him for the medical reasons. He obviously didn't get drafted at all. Um but yeah, definitely someone to I think draft in a rookie uh fantasy uh you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> We're getting yeah. toward the end here, I man. Mean,
0: he's got really good speed, and you know he's short, but that doesn't really matter for a running back. In fact, it can be yeah. an advantage because it's hard for the defense to find you. He's big though, 207 pounds, so uh, yeah. he could he could run between the tackles. Like Rashad White is no guarantee, um, so I I, I like uh, Sean Tucker as a sleeper. You just have to realize he, he's like could also just get cut. I mean, like when he's when you're an undrafted free agent, there's no yeah. guarantees.
1: But pay attention here. If he, if that does happen, they've got to bring somebody in. Leonard Fournette's gone. Kareem Giovanni Hunt. Bernard retired. You know, like...
0: Kareem Hunt. Yeah. But I don't... Kareem yeah, I mean, I don't know if yeah. they're even trying to compete, like you said. I like think that's, the, that's right. the thing that's kind of ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they have a lot of veterans on the team, so You'd think they are. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Yeah. Okay. Let's move to the NFC West. Uh, we've, we'll start with the Cardinals. They're, speaking of teams that are not competing, <laughs> I think yeah. it's pretty safe to say the Cardinals are... Uh, you know, not expecting this to be their best season. <laughs> they might be the worst team in the NFL right now, especially if Kyler Murray misses uh, half or more of the season, uh, which looks very possible. Um, you know, they uh, they did draft uh, Michael Wilson in the third round, and he's kind of an interesting prospect. Um, I just think, you know, you can't expect much. Uh, in year one from him, given the state of this franchise right now. Um, They do still have DeAndre Hopkins on the roster. Whether that's still true once we get to week one remains to be seen. But um, either way, I mean, that's not a long-term thing with Hopkins being there. So uh, Michael Wilson, um, he's got good size, uh, decent measurables. Like, you know, if this franchise can – get back on track I mean Kyler has never been a, an amazing passer but uh, there's room for Wilson to uh, compete for the, the the number one receiver job I mean they did bring in Marquise Brown uh, they have Rondell Moore but th- those guys are you know maybe better profile as number two kind of guys you know
1: yeah and I think uh, what you said about Hopkins like if he does get dealt maybe maybe Wilson can have a little bit of an impact in year one and if not I, I think the writing's on the wall that he's going to be out of there you know so yeah, I, 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 not a name I was really considering, uh, but then when he's drafted in the third round and maybe if Hopkins gone, I think the, the situation that he's fallen into at least uh, is making me look at him.
0: Yep, and then they didn't draft a running back, so that's good news for James Conner. It looks like he's going to get all the yep. work that he can handle this year, and uh, your boy Keontae Ingram looks like, as of now, uh, the clear handcuff. Yeah,
1: I'm still holding out hope for him, man. I drafted him in like the fourth round or something last year, so just You'll hanging you hold in out there. hope
0: until you trade him to me in August. We'll see. <laughs> uh all right, next up on our list is who is it? The Rams. It, no, the 49ers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. You you tried. I uh, did. <laughs> 49ers. Um yeah, I mean this not a lot here, right? I mean, they drafted they made a great pick of a kicker. They drafted my boy Jake Moody from the University of Michigan. So <laughs> in the he third could, round he could, he could be a uh, impact fantasy option in leagues that still use kickers uh I they guess. also drafted another michigan man ronnie bell who i love but um you know ronnie bell is like he's he's another one of these guys that like has all the intangibles um it's just a question of whether he has the you know the physical uh pure talent um to be an nfl player i mean his agility score was off the charts. His catch radius really high, but speed um, not so not so high. So that's kind of the question with him, I guess. But decent size. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I might talk myself into taking him at the very end of our rookie draft because, I, I, you know, I do think he was a really productive player in college at a, at a very high uh, level. And, you know, it doesn't show up in the raw numbers because Michigan is not the kind of school that's having, like, you know 1600 yard receivers but he was the best receiver for Michigan football for most of the last uh 3 years when he was healthy
1: nice i mean hey fantasy's supposed to be fun right and like in the end of the end of the rookie draft why not i mean this is a this is a team that's kind of struck out recently a little bit on some some uh, wide receivers like gray and i uh, forget I'm, try- I'm trying to think of all these guys in the last couple of years i mean Ayuk is now i think on the last year of his rookie deal so If they don't like pick up his fifth year option, or even if they have one, you know it's like Debo Samuel and who else. So yeah, there's potentially even a little bit of opportunity there to grow with whoever the quarterback may be in San Francisco. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, the one thing you can say about San Francisco is no matter who the quarterback is, this team's going to score points because they always do under Kyle Shanahan.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're still like one of the top five favorites for the Super Bowl, which is crazy. But I mean, it's when you don't even really know who the quarterback's going to be week one,
0: but it is what it is. Exactly. All right. So next up is not the Rams. It's the Seahawks. And uh, this, this one was a, uh, you know, lots of interesting fantasy narratives to talk about here. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma um, first uh, wide receiver taken. And um, yeah, I mean, he should have a great career. It's, you know, I know some people were hoping he would land somewhere where he could be like a, a, a really good player for fantasy immediately. And maybe that's not the case um, with the Seahawks, but I think he's the long-term replacement for Tyler Lockett. And uh, that could be a really nice thing for this offense. I mean, this is a team that tends to heavily target uh, their top two receivers, even though they're uh, kind of a run first team. So like Metcalf and Lockett have both put up great numbers for years and it continued after Russell Wilson left with Geno Smith. So, um, i don't see why that can't um uh, continue uh into the future and then maybe eventually they uh even upgrade the quarterback position
1: yeah and as far as the quarterback too i'll just say like i think it does bump geno smith smith up a couple of notches like in redraft uh for dynasty i don't think it really moves the needle but it, it is nice of him you know for him to get another weapon and i think you know smith and jigback will he'll be he'll be good you know like year one i think he'll be He'll he'll produce, but it just won't be like yeah. It, there were other other uh, teams like better landing spots for like redraft purposes, but like you said earlier in the show, like for dynasty, you really need to just like bet on the talent and uh, things will things will work it's, it, themselves out. And like Lockett's like you know on the wrong side of thirty, I think. So yeah, in a year year or two, I think this will work out really well for for dynasty purposes. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think he could be a really great complement to Metcalf for the long term. And then yeah. speaking of um, landing spots, not always working out exactly how you would want. Zach yeah. Charbonnet, uh, former Michigan man, but most recently UCLA uh, lands with the Seahawks that already have Kenneth Walker, the Michigan state man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that's interesting. I, you know, I feel like it's not good for Charbonnet. It's not good for Walker. That, that much is clear. Like it's, yeah. but honestly, this is a team that loves to run the football. And I think there's enough to go around for both of them. I really do. Um, not in a like you know, like Kenneth Walker was being drafted as like a top five running back or something. Like definitely not. Like to me he's yeah. he's probably not even in the top ten now. But like I could see a scenario where like he's an RB two and Charbonnet's an R B three or something like that. Yeah. You know, because i think they both can um can handle the load if called upon if the other one gets hurt. So that's interesting, but um they are, I just think there's just going to be a lot of touches for this backfield, and Charbonnet is not a great pass catcher, but he's a better pass catcher than Walker, So, uh, and kind of a different kind of runner, too. I mean, uh, I believe J.J. Zacharyson was talking about how Walker is a home run hitting running back, like he, he can take it to the house and have big runs, but um, isn't that successful on a carry-by-carry basis. Um, so yeah. maybe Charbonnet is a little more consistent on a carry-by-carry basis, but it uh, doesn't have the same uh, home run hitting ability. Um, so it makes sense for the for the Seahawks. It could be a little frustrating for fantasy, but I think these guys are both still players um, that you're going to want to have on your rosters.
1: Yeah, and I think what you said for redraft is right. Like I actually had him in my top 12 for redraft and like with ahead of guys like even Dalvin Cook and Travis Etienne, some guys like that. But then I moved him down about five or six spots. Uh, I have him down there more with guys like J.K. Dobbins, who we were talking about earlier. Uh, maybe even like a Jameer Gibbs, you know, like so. Yeah, I've moved him down a little bit for redraft, and yeah, it definitely is a bummer. Even for Dy- like for dynasty, it's it's a little bit of a bummer all around for fantasy. But like you said, in reality, it might work out just fine for Seattle, and they they might still run the ball pl- just plenty.
0: Yeah, and I hate to pour on, but Kenny McIntosh, they also took in the seventh round, and I this know. is a guy that like put up good numbers at a major program, like. um uh, And you know, I've heard people kind of like, you know. um, uh, Almost just like, uh, skate not scapegoats, not the word I'm looking for. Typecast him as like a passing down back, he's right. he's a big dude, and like yeah. he, he ran the ball pretty effectively between the tackles, uh, in college as well. So, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to factor in given the top two guys they've got, but like it is just another name to know,
1: yeah. And he is a really good receiving back, so um, yeah, you're right, it's it is a good name to know and stash away, maybe. For for dynasty, like in like the deepest of leagues, yep, or at least have them
0: on your watch list for sure. Uh, all right, let's wrap up with the Rams. Um, <laughs> so I already talked about uh, Puka Nakua, who I drafted uh, at the oh, beginning yeah. of the show. Um, so I like him to maybe take on the Robert Woods role over Ben Skowernick. Um, You know, because Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson are, are it's a three wide set all the time. So those guys will be on the field, but uh, Nakua could maybe, uh, make a a year one impact, I think. Um, and then the other thing to talk about, I guess is, is that they drafted Stetson Bennett in the fourth round, which is earlier than I think people were expecting him to go. Um, but you know, Matthew Stafford is getting up there and, uh, maybe Bennett gets a chance to get groomed as the eventual successor. You never know.
1: Absolutely. I think Setson Bennett is very interesting um, for Superflex. And, yeah, I mean, what if Stafford is just – I mean, he's dealt with so many injuries. You know, he's been in the league for forever, it seems like. He could just be on the back end of his career now, and they've they've won their Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I think Bennett's interesting in Superflex. I also think that Zach Evans, you know, sixth round, uh, you know, running back out of Ole Miss. Uh, I forget. Where, he was somewhere else before Ole Miss, wasn't he? Um, but still, you know, Cam Akers – he dealt with a lot of. I mean, his his season last year was all over the place. You know, at one point we thought they were just gonna like outright cut him or at least trade him. Uh, and he's, I think, on the last year of his rookie deal. You've got guys like Kyron Williams in front of him. Okay, uh, Darrell Henderson's gone for now. I mean, maybe they bring him back, but he's a free agent, so like, there is a path, uh, and there's a path for next year if if a guy like Evans kind of breaks through. So I think he's another at least watch list guy for Dynasty, if not draft him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he seems like a classic kind of committee back, like um, probably not a big receiving back, but can can grind out some, uh, some yards between the tackles. Um, you know, I'm a little concerned that the Rams could be, you know, we were talking about teams that haven't bottomed out yet. The Rams uh, <laughs> could still bottom out um, in the next few years here. Yeah. And they're going to need to uh, figure out, if that's Bennett is the, is the solution. Cause Stafford is, you know, he's just taken so many hits over his career. You have to wonder, um, he might not be one of these QBs that makes it to 40. Yeah. <laughs> as, and this offensive
1: line, I, this offensive line, I don't think it's gotten any better. You know, it was one of the worst in the league last year. So like, you know, Evans, I'm not looking at him for this year for any, <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't even know that I'm going to be drafting camp acres and redraft that highly just for the fact that I don't know what he's going to do uh, with this offensive line. So yeah, it's, it, it's
0: not a great spot. And remember Kieran Williams was drafted in the 5th round last year so he actually they actually spent higher draft capital on him than on on Evans. So just yep. you know there's a lot of recency bias with with this time of year but let's remember oh, yeah. that as well.
1: Hope springs eternal. So do you uh we finally got through all the teams. Do you want to run through our draft at all
0: or just wrap it? Uh we'll we can do it real quickly. So Okay. Um let's just, you know, go through round by round and we can just say if there's any picks that we particularly like or dislike um, in terms okay. of value. So first round it was Bryce Young at, at one, Anthony Richardson at two, B. John Robinson at three, CJ Stroud at four, Jameer Gibbs at five, Jackson Smith and Jigba at six by you. Uh, mm-hmm. Addison was at seven, Quentin Johnson at eight, Will Levis at nine, Dalton Kincaid at 10, Zay Flowers at 11, and... Uh Devin A chain was at twelve. And uh what are your thoughts?
1: Well I love I love my picks. Uh no, of but, <laughs> um no, I mean we talked about like Anthony I, I probably would have taken Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young. I'll say just for the upside. We kinda already talked about that. Um, you know, that whole that whole top four, or at least top three, you can like make a debate for it. But yeah, I think that um I don't know. I, I don't I don't really like the A chain or A I don't even know how you say his name. A-chain, not really yeah. Not not crazy about that pick, but we'll see how it works out. Like I like a lot of the the running backs who got drafted in the second round here that we'll get to. What about you?
0: Well, one thing I thought was interesting was that um, the the person picking seventh traded down to eighth and got a a later pick and let the other person choose between Addison and Johnston. And, yeah, uh, I I would have just taken Addison. I think there, um, but. You know, Johnston is just a little more of a a polarizing prospect, I feel like. He is definitely in a great situation, but um, that's... And and I I just notice in general in rookie drafts in recent years, it seems like there's always some big drop-off right in the middle of the first round, it it feels like to me. Like, right around pick seven, there always seems to be some sort of a drop-off. Yep, absolutely. All right, round two. uh, Mingo went 2-1, Kendra Miller 2-2, Charbonnet, uh, Tajay Spears... Roshan Johnson, Bigsby, uh, Mayer, Jaden Reed, Rashi Rice, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Hedden Hooker, and, um, Marcus Marvin Mims. Mims. Marvin Mims. <laughs> so, um, sorry, like, Sleeper is like, not, uh, letting me see the whole screen at the same time. Uh, <laughs> the Sleeper is definitely meant for the app, not for the, uh, the desktop. <laughs> but, um, any quick thoughts here? I know you like Bigsby because you took him. Yeah, um,
1: but like like I said, I actually like Kendry Miller and Roshan Johnson more than him. I was hoping one of them would fall. But man, when the, the running back started going, I was like, I actually felt like there was a, a bit of a drop off. Like, I like Bigsby and then Chase Brown, who I get in the next round. Um, but Marvin Mims, I think, is the steal of this draft, or this, uh, this round, maybe of the draft. We'll see. But he went with the 12th pick of the second round. And yeah, I think I would have taken him over any of these receivers, honestly.
0: Interesting, yeah. Um, I actually was in on Charbonnet. I was thinking of maybe trying to trade up to two, three Mm -hmm. to try to get him Uh, because I just, uh, you know, he was kind of the consensus number three back on coming into the draft. And I feel like people are overrating the draft, the landing spot a little too much, in my opinion. Because I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to be the caddy to to Kenneth Walker. Like I think, right? um, He could definitely. And end up on the strong side of, of a committee. If not this year, then next year.
1: Yep. I would agree with that.
0: Yep. Uh, so, third round, we got Laporta, uh, Josh Downs, Cedric Tillman, Zach Evans, Musgrave, Chase Brown, Darnell Washington. Uh, we have uh, Israel, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Abanaconda. Abanaconda. Um, and then we've got um, McBride, Tucker bute and trying to get to load. Oh, your boy, tank, Del. another tank, tank yeah.
1: number two on my team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, any I mean, quick we, thoughts on this round? Yeah, I think when you have an opportunity to get both tanks in the draft, you got to take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like by the end of the by the end of that round, it was sort of like you know now we're getting into you know closer to the fourth round where it's just like you're really starting to to stretch here. But yeah, I think Laporta, we talked about this earlier. Uh, he might end up being better than Michael Mayer even in Dynasty, so I thought this was maybe good value getting him like six six picks later than Mayer. But uh, Musgrave in Washington also going in this round. Like I wasn't really looking at them then. You know, again, like I, I kind of like Craft over Musgrave. And mm-hmm. uh, who who ended up who ended up going in the next round? But um, what do you think about round three?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, Laporta is clearly the best pick in this round. Like he's he belonged in the second round and maybe even towards the the middle of the second round in my opinion. But that's the kind of thing that happens with tight ends. Like some people, like, you know, I mentioned, I'm not looking to draft tight end this year. Sometimes people are just not looking to draft the position. So um, that's why those guys can sometimes fall. Um, But I feel like he, I would have taken him before Mayer and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think he could be a good player. The, the rest of it, it, this draft class was so hyped coming into the, it come, you know, last year and two years ago, everyone was like, that 2023 class is going to be amazing. And <laughs> I feel like it's just, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of interesting names, but this is, it already feels like coin flip territory in the third round, even in the early yeah. third round to me. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's just kind of the nature of the beast. I like taking running backs in that situation um, just because, uh, you know, wide receivers that didn't get a ton of draft capital or have some red flags, um, you know, in the third round, like, there's a good chance they're going to bust.
1: Yeah, I was very happy that Zach Evans and then Luke Musgrave got taken right before me. I was very happy to take Chase Brown right there.
0: Yep, yep. All right, so fourth round, we've got Michael Wilson, Deuce Vaughn, uh, A.T. Perry... Uh, Tyler Scott, Schoonmaker, uh, Stetson Bennett, Eric Gray, uh, Evan Hall, Rodriguez, Nakua, uh, Kraft, and the Commanders' defense. <laughs> who I dropped before? That's interesting. Okay, I, I know. I, I, I well, I, uh, that was drafted by our, our my co commissioner, who has like <laughs> a completely loaded team. So he might just be like at this point, I just want to get a defense. But
1: yeah, I mean, what does he really need? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, I mean, I like Tucker Kraft here. You know, we talked about Musgrave and Kraft. I kind of like Kraft over Musgrave. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping he might fall a little further, but alas, I will not be drafting him.
0: Yeah. And I like, uh, yeah, I like Wilson. We talked about the landing spot. There's good opportunity. Eric Gray is another one I like um, just because he's good Saquon insurance, I think. Yeah. And then my pick was uh, Nakua, who, uh, you know, I feel like has some immediate opportunity which is appealing and and i do think schoonmaker also like for the fourth round like he could be a usable tight end you know he's he doesn't have the upside of some of the other guys but like he could be the you know a plug-and-play kind of a guy
1: he could be dalton schultz
0: (laughs) exactly he could be dalton schultz all right and then i'm on the clock to begin the fifth round so uh we'll just have to keep that between ourselves who I end up picking because I haven't decided yet. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. You can tweet it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No one will care. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Um, it this was a lot of fun, you know, we, we're, we're doing a lot of baseball shows right now. So um, we were willing to run a little long on this one to, uh, to get to everything that's been happening in the NFL in the last couple of weeks. Cause there's just so much interesting stuff going on and we, we love chatting about it. So, uh, If you do have any questions or you want to just talk with us about football, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter.
1: And I am at Barton Wheeler. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here.
0: We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.